Hello and welcome to episode number 11 of this podcast. My name's Elliot Greenman. I'm Alexia Nail. And this week we had your friend and uh, Alex Stanfield. Alex Stanfield, yeah. Psychotherapist in Throbridge, human-given psychotherapist. Really interesting, interactive and... Uh, great at building rapport. I think the podcast is, uh, and the interview is really, really quite long. Mm-hmm. I think you uh, are a bit techy to start with and talk about different uh, software you're using. So maybe skip the first 15 minutes if you're not very techy in, involved. Yeah. Um, and then Alec goes into a little bit of an introduction to himself, how he found the human givens, mm-hmm. and then the conversation just goes off into oh. everything mm-hmm. around. Yeah. Health and mental health and polyvagal theory, all sorts. Yeah. It's very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, As always, if you want to like, share, comment, or interact in some kind of way, please do. And enjoy the podcast. Perambulations in Franglais. So I want to tell you about a tool that I came across uh-huh. recently. Oh, yeah. um, yes. Nothing to do with the, the reason for this for this <laughs> podcast. Um, have you ever heard of the thing called Searchy? No, no. No. So Searchy is a new bit of technology that's been launched by um, a company that we're using for some of our marketing uh-huh. training uh-huh. and stuff. And what it does is quite remarkable, really. It's AI-driven. You point it at your podcast or your video, and it allows you to search for any phrase that was spoken. And when you... The search results, when you click on the results, it takes you straight to that point in the video. Oh, wow. Or the podcast. I've actually got something very, very similar. Right. In fact, it, it, it sounds exactly the same. Ah, what's it called? Um, it's called Otter. Otter. Otter.ai is their website, and... We pay, I pay $9.99. And it was actually the main reason I used it was because it was, it was the best AI for, um, for, for writing subtitles on Alexi's voice. Because they're all ter- they're, they're all terrible. It's frangli, it's frangli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, need yeah. an AI-driven thing so it learns from. Well, from, from, and also you're yeah. going through. If you're going through like an hour, if you're going through like an hour. Or like the course we're doing, mm-hmm. if even like fifteen minute section or or five minute or whatever, it's like you're writing something and obviously you can't. I, I can type fast, but nowhere near as fast as he can talk. So that, <laughs> then it's like oh, actually again, what did he say? So you go back, you go back, and to have something that's like about with, with my voice, it's like ninety percent correct. Yes, but with Alexi's, it's like seventy. But having mm-hmm. that is great because then you just follow it through, and every time the word's being said. It, Every word it's on it highlights it. Yes, and then when it's wrong, I'm like, ah, click that, stop it. And back. then it learns. And then, learns. and then it has this massive text. So I've done it with a handful of our podcasts, which obviously they're like, you know, one of them was like two and two hours ten minutes. And then what it does is it brings out a load of keywords. Yes, kind of the same thing, yeah. I think. Yeah, and then yeah. obviously, if you click them, it goes straight to the thing, straight to that kind of um, that section. So sounds good. I'll look it up. They're um, and Otto. And the the benefit of it actually allows you to do something like six hundred minutes worth of audio for free every month. Wow, which is really good. But yes. you can't download it as a SRT file, which is ah, a subtitle file. Yes, yeah. And um, so 
That's why I paid for it because uh-huh. on our podcasts, on our on the YouTube, so you I, put you put captions on. Not them, yet, but oh, okay. I, I, I will do. It's it's like because <laughs> I, I don't I, I don't know if you know I do a, a blog a video blog um, uh-huh. so a couple of times a week if I can manage it uh-huh, at uh-huh. least once a week and I put out the the transcript and the audio and the and the video uh, because yeah. people consume in different formats exactly uh, i've been told it's important so yes, we'll it, see it, how it goes it is because it is it's i know have you been doing yeah. that for um six or seven weeks now okay good. so i'm on i just recorded my 13th one today oh wow so. it's um that's like the same thing basically as as in fact if you're doing if you're doing the vlog it's like it wouldn't take too much work once you're set up to, to just put them into a podcast format. Right, yes, so, yes. I, I'm, I'm aware of that. It's just time, isn't time, it? Time, that's it, that's it, that's it. And also, resources. I don't know which formats, which which platforms to go for. That's it's that's interesting well, to hear you say that you do them all. Anchor. <laughs> we, we actually, yeah, so we use something called Anchor FM, anchor.fm, and it takes you a while to get set up, like two or three weeks for them to set up all the various accounts with iTunes and with Spotify right. and Google Podcasts. But you set up all the details and then it goes away and makes all the accounts. So then it sends you an email when they're all set up and then you upload it to this one. Wow. With you, obviously you spend time with the title and the description, which you probably yeah. do on YouTube anyway, right? Yeah. And then and then it sends them all out. Brilliant. And the the benefit of, of, um, of podcasts really is that people can listen to it in the car and yeah, yeah, yeah. so you get the sound you get the sound and the image or and the thing is because i work from home i never have time to listen to other people's stuff yeah yeah <laughs> I just don't do it yeah yeah i'm never in the car apart from tonight yeah yeah well actually i, I tend to nowadays a couple of evenings a, a week now i tend to listen to other right. podcasts mm-hmm. uh, or oh, well i've been doing one of the one of the online course from the human givens of Joe and, okay. uh, and Ivan about consciousness, which mm. is like really pretty about their Renaton and Soleton. I didn't which, know that was online. Yeah, which one and, is that? And, and it's, it's, it's magic. It's magic. Good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I one think, is that? What's it called? Um, like consciousness. It's a discussion about consciousness. It brings it to a bit of another level. And they talk about dark matter and dark energy and soleton and relaton. And it's absolutely, the whole theory behind it is awesome. I mean, it's really mind. I was listening to it. My jaw was like, dropped. I was like, oh my God. They are like, that's it. I think they're onto something really quite interesting. Did you read Godhead? Yeah, Godhead. Yeah. 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 I'm, 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 a, I'm completely addicted to that kind of stuff anyway because right. my, my dad is an Egyptologist. Oh, is he? Oh. Or amateur Egyptologist. Yeah. Mind you, he's written 20 plus books about the whole lot in the last 30 years, or 40 years. But <laughs> that's, what's a pro Egyptologist? <laughs> <laughs> that's it, that's it. But we talk a lot about all the arising a little bit of of civilization and all those kind yeah. of stuff with Joe and Ivan are yeah. quite into it as well with all like what's the site in uh, in uh, Turkey Tokli Tokli Klek Tokli Tepli Tepli type thing which are a bit hunter-gatherers before being a bit yes. sedentarized and saying and when I went to Egypt my dad showed me a nilometer which is like in a staircase and a, and a, and a ceiling, a sloped ceiling. Yes. And he said, that's the nilometer. So you're like, what? 
<laughs> you know, you're meant to see the object before the, uh, you're meant to see the tool before seeing the object. And I was like, not seeing it at all. Well, no, because there's no more flood, but when the flood ah, was going up, depending on the height it was going in the ceiling or the place it was going on the ceiling, you knew that the land had been actually okay. covered with silt to fertilize the whole land. And the more, the further away, the more land was fertilized. The, yeah the likelihood of your yield getting greater and therefore you could put imposition you could tax the, uh, the people uh, to uh, and you knew how much pressure you would be putting your people under wow. in light of that really and so, you, oh, I didn't know it's that. a nanometer I mean it's like you look at the thing you're like oh my god it's like proper <laughs> it's so so magic really uh, so and, that's what a nanometer is for yeah the nanometer is for the Um, maybe the priests or the pharaoh or the, all the administration from pharaoh's government or mm. whatever we call it um, to actually uh, get an idea about the extent of the flood and therefore get an extent about how much yield is likely to be uh, yeah. coming out yeah. of that and therefore if you're going to war with the Assyrians and it lasts for a long time and then you squeeze your, your people you know you're going to get a bit of Uh, wrath back from them because they're going to be starved a bit and all the rest really and you can really manage a bit the taxation to try to manage your population really and to keep them sounds just like the conservative government that's it <laughs> or, or, or Jeremy when he's going to go to power because he's going to do that the other way around it's, it's just like it's, it's still the same 4,000 years later really it's always the same really but that's called a nanometer in area and then we were talking about the iliacal rising of Sotis. So, in Saqqara, Saqqara, you might not call it Saqqara in English, but in, in southern Egypt, you've got a, a stepped pyramid and you've got a whole complex around it. And in the complex, there's a couple of carving in hieroglyphic. It's like 2000 before Christ or mm. 1800 before Christ. I think. So it's quite a while back. And they talk about a 2700-year cycle of the rise, uh, the rise, the iliacal rising of Sotis. Sotis is Sirius. And when Sirius comes and starts to rise at the same time as the sun, the flood occurs. Ah, okay. So right. again, the flood. So yeah, yeah. that whole yeah. environmental thing. So you want to know about it because if it floods, you, you've got your hut and then you're washed. So <laughs> you need to know about it. But they know, they knew 2,000 years before Christ, roughly, that it was a 2,700 year cycle. Wow. Yeah. And it's, and it's the first writing because 2,000 years before Christ, is, before that, there's no or maybe a bit of writing, but there's yeah, no writing yeah. as such, really. No. So if you think about something that have to reproduce itself for you to know it's a cycle, you need to see it three, yeah. let's say three times, let's say four times, three times minimum. So that's, let's say, 10,000 years just to me, and then you got 25 years per generation, you got 400 generations of oral tradition yeah. in order to be able to get the knowledge of the fact that it's a cyclic, cyclical yeah. thing and then the rising so it's not quite exact yeah. and the rising and the flood doesn't quite occur from one year to the next over 
then like between the two glaciation to when the <laughs> I mean yeah. it's it's incredible incredible so like the passage of of knowledge and how relevant the whole singing our metaphors could have been playing yeah. a big role about that well actually because it's a it's a high hieroglyph it's actually a metaphor yeah. It's, uh, yeah. all the rest so all that part is from Godhead is just la Lasco and Chauvet and all the whole lot is I mean it's I'm, I'm mind boggled by the whole lot really a bit. I've only got like maybe I think two and a half chapters into Godhead mm-hmm. it's really hard going though for I'm yeah, not I'm not heavy. a particularly strong reader and there's a lot of stuff in there that I don't have like a base knowledge of yeah. you and Alexi and you two probably do but I, I do I do really like it so far as it actually making sense of it completely changed my perspective or my view on the left and the right side of the brain I was right. like that's yeah, yeah that makes yeah. complete sense rather than someone just being like you're autistic or you have this <laughs> or something I feel very privileged to have been taught by Joe and Ivan and because mm. and, I'm not doing very much teaching now no, as no, far right. as I understand and uh, it certainly changed my whole approach to understanding humans and mm. <laughs> myself and everything else how did you find human givers because I was how did I come at, across yeah, it because yeah. I looked at your LinkedIn profile today oh okay so it's just like and I noticed that you went you were a chiropractor or something for I worked period. for the McTimony chiropractic yeah. um, college in the 90s but at that time I was uh, I, my <laughs> my career it doesn't really qualify as a career because I've I've done lots of different things and made some rather dramatic changes because I've always prioritised doing interesting work uh-huh. over earning money, and so I've done I've made changes which have seen my income drop as well as go up. Yeah. And at that time in the nineties, I'd spent fifteen years, maybe twenty years, um, learning all the skills that I needed to set up my own. Um, electronics business. I started in, in electronics. I was an electronic engineer uh, in my original studies. And I didn't want to be just a design engineer. I wanted to do, look at servicing and production and management and HR. And I wanted to collect all the different skills that I would need so that I could create my own company and, and do my own thing because I, I, <laughs> I don't like being told what to do. Um, but what happened is that I had a young family and by the time I got to a position where I kind of knew enough to make the next step, I realised I was already working too many hours a week. I didn't want to work 24 hours a day or even 18. And I had a sort of early midlife crisis where I kind of thought, actually, do I want to run my own company? Do I want to do all this stuff? I'm actually feeling quite exhausted. And I looked round for a complete change. And... Um, because I had some management and admin skills, as well as production and software and lots of different things, um, I applied for a job to be the managing director of the McTimony Chiropractic School without really expecting to get it at all. But I was always confident in interviews. I, I liked interviews. I, I liked showing off, I guess. Um, <laughs> And I got the job, and I found myself running uh, an off well running the school at a time when the chiropractic profession was going through regulation. So when I started, it was unregulated, and when I finished, it was in the early throes of being a highly regulated profession, similar to what psychotherapy is going through right now. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I had an office and I realised then that I'd never really worked with women. I'd, the women I'd worked with in engineering had been women who had a kind of a male approach to to their careers. Yeah. <laughs> left, left Live brain. brain. And, um, when was this? Like what time? This would have been 93, 94. 92, 93, maybe. And um, I was out of my depth. I didn't know what I was doing. Matt trying to manage an office full of six women. I think every one of them resigned while I was there at one point <laughs> due, to, due to conflict or stress or, or whatever. And I, 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 it was interesting. I loved doing it. I learned a lot about well-being and health. But I, I wasn't... What, what broke my heart was that the profession was going from being focused on helping people improve their well-being to becoming a accredited professional business mm -hmm. and the heart went mercantile. yeah the heart yeah. went out of it and at the end of the period that I worked for them they the government were requiring that to be a chiropractor you had to have a degree mm -hmm. well the original idea of chiropractor healing by hand was it wasn't an academic thing at all mm -hmm. you it was a diploma yeah, yeah, yeah you didn't need to know great details of anatomy and physiology. I mean, it was good to know some, mm -hmm. but the idea that you needed to be scientifically trained and you had to have A-levels and, and qualifications and before you could even apply to be in the school, it seemed bonkers to mm -hmm. me. And I, I was disheartened and I left and, and looked for other things again. I did my training as an osteopath in that time as well, right, right. where the profession had to work. So I've got a diploma and a degree. Yes, because we were the first to actually go through the school in 1998. So there was a, the whole profession was completely revamped, yeah. and a good third or a bit more of the profession left basically because yes. they didn't yeah. agree, and there was a lot of that talking yeah. about the whole thing really yeah. of being a bit where we are manual therapists, we are we are craft people really. Yes, we're, yes. we're not we are we're not, not academics. We're not we're academics. Not, we don't need to do research. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> or or the the type of research you're asking us to do is actually a bit too scientific and yeah. it's a bit too quant quant quantitative and it's not enough qualitative yes. uh, aspect of it which actually would be a bit like uh, Carl Rogers and all those people with uh, yes. a humanistic approach and trying to in a psychotherapy kind of world to try to have a scientifically demonstrable kind of way or, or it can be scrutinized from a scient or, with yes. a scientific way of doing but it's not really quite it's not actually quantitative it's more qualitative yes. kind of research so I did I, my training like that and, and I think the difficulty with, with an academic I'm not anti-academic I'm not anti-research either mm -hmm. I, I think it's right to, to, to be asking questions and learning mm -hmm. but the the changes that they introduced When you start to manualize or, or try to write down, proceduralize mm -hmm. an approach, mm -hmm. and they're doing it with, with therapy now, and mm -hmm. it, of course, cognitive behavioral therapy lends itself quite well to be manualized. Mm -hmm. You can write it down. It's a, it's a structured approach. Mm -hmm. But helping people who are struggling with mental health issues is as much an art as a science. And mm -hmm. I think if you try to to write down the exact steps of how you must approach it, mm -hmm. you're going to miss the point. Mm -hmm. And that's... Well, it's quite strange because it's quite, um, quite, uh, it's quite um, um, with the course we are doing, it's a little bit what I'd like to bring a little bit. I'd like to bring a framework for people to be able to organize a little bit their way of approaching the whole thing. Yes. But as an approach, not as a technique. 
Yes. So if we talk about dermatomal or la cutaneous distribution, skin area of your pain, you can draw a little bit the area, but it gives you information a little bit. And you can address it with uh, foam rolling or acupuncture or tens machine or right. whatever really you've been familiarized with or you're actually comfortable with because maybe you don't like the way the tens machine works or those kind of things really. So therefore you still get quite a lot of uh, an artistic flow is yes. enabled a little bit because yeah. it's it's a bit the way you go about doing your own thing but you need I think the whole you beauty of the framework yes the, you yeah. need the framework that's it that's yeah. it so the appet yeah. framework and things like that is really an interesting way to see a bit the sequence yes. of things happening really and uh, when you go from the thought to the emotion and then you miss the pattern matching and then you get to an activating agent you miss a bit the the it's like intellectual to it's a bit quite strange really it's a yes, bit yeah. it, it works but it's a very lengthy uh, process we want people to have access to a bit better well-being through a framework that will actually in a, a, a scientific framework yeah. which enables them to maybe mitigate some of the changes in, in their environment a bit faster yes. in a way and for them to cope a bit better and then yeah. they can expand on it as much as they want really we yeah. can we can do a bit of uh, counseling or I can go to a human given therapist and then it's quite an interesting thing for problem solving the current problem solving but it doesn't mean I don't I can't do a bit of analytical psychoanalytical sure. work in order to really delve a bit more into the deeper meaning or however yeah. I want to explore the thing really so yeah, yeah. I'm 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 very interested in, in that humanistic and sci or, or modernistic or neo-modernistic way of actually going about it really and that catextic thing because yes. if you use reason it's great but It's just one tool. That's it, that's it. That's <laughs> There it, that's are it. other tools. That's it, there are other tools, really. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and being able to be critical and rational is quite interesting. But if you're too aroused, if you don't know how to de-arouse yourself, you can't really be yeah. that rational in a way, yeah. really. Yeah. And that's the whole thing, really. So they, I'm always a bit pulled a bit because a lot of what I do as well is in the flow as well. And, yes. and when you're in the flow, you pick up so much information. You end up talking about things to people and you end up focusing on something and then it happens and you've got no idea where, <laughs> where, did, it come where from? did it come from. And that yeah. happens in the therapy room. I, I've, did, so many times I've, I've come up with a suggestion and the people, how did you know that? Or why did, I, don't, I don't know where it came from, you know. Mm -hmm. Pulled it out of the ether. <laughs> God. God, yeah. Came, came from God, probably. Yeah, so the G-O-D word is quite interesting always. But um, how did you come across human givens, though? Sorry, I didn't answer your question, did I? Um, how did I get into it? The, so, the, the only reason I asked that is because I've, I've been reading about loads of different models for like, I think it was probably about six years, and for, off the back of being a Christian. And then... And then it, it took me so long, it was through Alexi that I came across Human Gibbons. Right. And since then, I don't think I've met anyone else who who knows about the Human Gibbons. Oh, right, okay. And, yeah. and for me, it's like, it's just that everything I've read that I've, like, regardless, like whether it's like a, uh, a book by a psychologist or something or doctor or professor of like, like, uh, like the chimp paradox for me yeah. was quite big because it was like, oh, that's something that I can really relate to and, figure like it's really helped me to a certain level everything i read fit just unbelievably well into the human yes. kind of framework yeah and 
and it was like oh, all, you can almost like map all these different books into different areas of learning from the human givens and it's like <clears throat> what like why it's is, very why exciting is it, isn't why it? isn't this well yeah. when i <laughs> i will answer your question in a minute but when i first trained i was so blown away by the simplicity the efficiency the fact that it worked the the just the results that you got as a therapist i still remember the first spider phobia that i did just blew me away it was a one session and it was a, a lifetime's phobia removed in one go I, I didn't know i could do that but i was so excited that i thought that within five years everybody will be knocking on the door looking for their nearest human givens therapist and I had no idea how the real world worked mm. and here we are 16 years later and most you haven't met other people who know about it and actually ideas don't spread because they're good ideas ideas spread through there are many factors and how good the idea is is just one factor of many and uh, it's taken me a while to kind of get my head around that that's completely (laughs) nuts isn't it yes and to answer your question um after i uh at around the time i was working with mctimony I think it was just shortly afterwards, um, my first marriage fell to pieces and we stopped communicating and I couldn't find a way to get the communication going again. And we divorced. I walked out of my family, which is a very difficult thing to do. My children were eight and 11 at the time. And I, shortly after that, I was burgled and I became quite profoundly depressed. And depression was a real shock to me because I'd I'd always lived on my wits. I've always... I'm not strong, physically strong. I've always used my head and, and, and I've ducked and dived and dodged and, and, and <laughs> changed career and, and done lots of things, but always learning and always applying my knowledge in different formats. And suddenly I couldn't use my head. I couldn't think. I couldn't make decisions. I couldn't prioritize. I was aware that I was disabled in a strange way. And I was absolutely just floored by depression I, it just stopped me in my tracks and I had no idea what had happened to me and, and it puzzled me because I like to try and understand things as much as is possible and although I wasn't depressed for very long I think I, you know, it was two or three months I think most people come out of depression within four months typically without assistance and that's the natural course of things mm-hmm. of course it doesn't always happen like that people do get stuck in it for many many years I was lucky. I came out without medication and without any long-term damage. But I was, that seed was sown of what the heck just happened to me? And later on, I met my now wife and she was, uh, this is Bindi, she was working as a health and nurse, uh, health visitor. Uh, She had a background as a nurse in the NHS. And she was doing these occasional workshops um, with human givens, but she was doing one every six months or something. And she said, why don't you come along to this workshop in London? And I said, but I thought that was to do with your work. She said, oh, but you're always talking about how people think and, and how you perceive things. And you're always interested in, in this sort of thing. I think you'd find it interesting. And I thought, OK, if, if your intuition is your intuition is good, good <laughs> I will go along. But I, I'm, I'm surprised. So I went along to this talk in London. This would have been 2001, I think. 2000, yeah, 2001. And I saw the most outrageous thing I'd ever seen, really. I I was absolutely affronted by this man called Ivan Tyrrell standing on stage and saying something which I I just thought was outrageous. He said, of course, we now understand depression. We understand 
what causes it. We understand why people get stuck in it. And best of all, we understand how to help people overcome it and come out of it. And I thought, how is it legal to say that? (laughs) Bold. (laughs) That's bold. My GP wouldn't agree with you. Mm -hmm. Who says we have an understanding of depression? Mm -hmm. what, What is this? What are you selling? You know, I was very, mm-hmm. very sceptical mm-hmm. and intrigued. I had the same experience. On did my you? First, yeah. On my first thing, I was like, what kind of sect I'm getting into? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's outrageous. It's so extreme to say mm-hmm. the thing but like the, that. The, the way he says it is is the thing that really caught... I, I, I haven't seen him in person, but I've watched a lot of videos. And the way he said it is just so like matter of fact one of one is two and I was like <laughs> I was like really I was really concerned and I was going hold on a bit hold on a bit but the thing is that he told me some things that I'd never heard anyone else say one of the key things is he explained exactly why it is that when depressed people wake up after and depressed people don't always get a good night's sleep sometimes you wake up and get very few hours sleep but when on those occasions when you do get six, seven, eight hours sleep he explained or he gave a plausible explanation of why it is that you can wake up after seven hours sleep and still be exhausted and that was my experience is that you wake up and you can't do anything yeah and he gave a model for understanding that i thought i've never heard anyone else say that mm. i think what you're saying resonates with my experience of the truth it's so experiential yeah is that the thing really you have dreamed so much, you've sapped your dopamine, your motivational thing, because dreaming or living it is the same. And yeah. therefore, you get up in the morning and you're completely... And your orientation response has been that? firing all Gone. the way through REM sleep all night. That's it. And so you wake up and it's exhausted. You cut your money on the floor, you couldn't be bothered to pick <laughs> it up. You, know? you can't respond to anything new. That's it, that's it. Can't make phone calls, can't that's think. That's so it. It, I went back for another lecture a week later or two weeks and learnt some more and then after a couple more maybe I said to Bindi I said look this is gold dust if, mm-hmm. if, we, if we actually can help people who are anxious and depressed mm-hmm. practically, practically effectively yeah. without any great overhead without any great expense if it's just knowledge that you apply then that's a world revolution mm-hmm. we've got to be part of it let's drop what we're doing and retrain so mm-hmm. that's what we both did and we, we wow. both did our diploma in 2003 and it was one of the most exciting learning experiences of my life it's, and uh, we've dedicated ourselves to trying to spread the ideas ever since mm-hmm. but uh, it's not as easy as it sounds no. the good idea isn't all you need <laughs> that's kind of um, with, with meeting Alexi and doing the or, or spending more time with Alexi and doing this this course on pain and then I was like then I started the diploma and you're doing the HD yeah, diploma yeah. Oh. and because mainly because of my own issues and I used to like I used to lie like co- like constantly and I really want to understand more about my drivers and why oh. which I think like I'm definitely getting more towards um well yeah I've definitely learned more as to what the reasons why I was doing it or the motivation behind doing it but the like I part of that reason is almost is wanting to be valued by people which is something that I'm kind of working through at the moment but that's also why I want to do the uh, the diploma which again is something that I'm dealing with because it's like maybe that's not completely the right reason to do it but I also do just want to spread the word of the human yeah. givens and the, the framework I guess. Well the mission that Bindi and I have sort of 
helped, we've tried to clarify more recently because we started off being human givens therapists, practitioners, and it's the most rubbish business model you can ever come across because you get people sorted really quickly. I mean, the average number of sessions is four, mm-hmm. you know, and that's for serious conditions like serious trauma and. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, there, we do have some clients who come back for, for many more sessions, but but the average is very low. So you're always looking for new clients. It's mm-hmm. a terrible way to try and make a living. Well, yeah, it's the whole thing about client and patient a little bit, really. So, and it's how conflicted you are as a therapist with that mercantile thing and the whole therapeutical part, really. And you get a bit conflicted. So some business models seem to be keep they keep kind of get people coming and they kind of make a bit of a dependence out so, of the yes, whole thing absolutely. in a way really which yeah. is completely opposite to yeah. the world come and see me every week for the next two years two years that's, <laughs> it, that's it that's it that's it and then that's it and you, you sign Jose and thing mm. and a lot of uh, uh, high volume chiropractic models which actually mm. is a business model in a way mm. is functioning like that really and I think it's um, it's a slow burn process and I've experienced that in my practice here over the last 15 years in, in being in this town and I've started with one patient the first month and mm. two patients the second month and mm. I'm doing hundreds of patients now per month but it right. took me 15 years yes. but um, it's a word of mouth and the reason why I get quite a lot of patients is because uh, they don't carry on coming you get a result it's very bizarre it's very bizarre but don't you think uh, pain is more of an acceptable or an accepted thing to talk about amongst people than than mental health issues mm-hmm. because if you're at work lower back pain is the number one reason why people don't go into work mm-hmm. and so if, if you've seen someone that's mm-hmm. really great mm-hmm. and then and this person's in pain even now people don't think of that as a mental thing mm-hmm. and they're like oh you're in pain go see this person he'll sort you out he will deal mm-hmm. with all your problems but mental health about is Descartes and we talk about modernism Descartes was a bit schizoid and we still are schizoid so mm-hmm. we talk about physical pain as it's in your body yes. completely forgetting that it's in your brain as well as in your body it's both mm-hmm. of them really and we forget to talk about what mental health is actually mm-hmm. <laughs> not only in your head it's in your body as well yeah. it's the same thing and I guess possibly uh, the fact that um, uh, cogito ergos um is still really applying rather than sensio ergos um mm. I, I feel therefore I am or yeah what's the other one I think therefore uh, I, am. I think therefore I am and I like it the other way around I am therefore I think or I am <laughs> therefore I think that's it that's it, that's it. There's, there's another thing really uh, there's so much um, stigma to mental health and there's so much barrier to actually approaching the whole thing. There is only a couple of ways to actually do manual therapy. Mm. There are 900 ways to do mental health yeah. thing. And that's where the regulation is quite important currently. And I and think then. that Ivan makes a really valid point when he talks about all those different models of therapy and says this is indicative of a science that's in its infancy. You know, if you go back 300 years, we had... Um, alchemy we had the early bits of chemistry we had aristotle's views on 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 what made up matter we had lots of different schools of thought and if somebody studied material science i mean it wouldn't have that name for it mm-hmm. but they would have said well who did you study under because mm-hmm. obviously they'd have different approaches whereas now if you study material science no one says where do you study because it's a kind of an accepted yeah. global understanding Mendeleev uh, but is really psychology is still in those 
early mm. days where mm. there's all these different modes of thought because no one's quite kind of pulled it all together. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel confident that HG is making a significant contribution in, in pulling Putting it together, it together and giving okay. a foundational base mm-hmm. on which to kind of build mm-hmm. other as a framework and after all the some, some cognitive behavioral or analytical or otherwise could be just tools or techniques that can be used among that uh, human given but you were saying that when, when you've looked at other other things from the perspective of hg it kind of you get light bulbs going off because you can sort of figure out why things work and why things don't work yeah even down to the therapy i had when i was younger like my 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 parents were very old school and like um thought I was very uh, possessed by the devil basically oh, wow. and or you know by Satan and so and then and then my parents divorced and so then I had some therapy and even down to that therapy at that like that young I know exactly how I felt and my mentality going into the room and how that made me more like more determined to play the game that I was going to play in that therapy room right. and then I've been to therapy since. I've even been to uh, human givens therapy, and I I even didn't didn't think that that therapy was that therapist was the right therapist for me. And I'm going to revisit things probably soon and, and go see a, a different HG therapist. Right. And the, but the idea of is is the idea of different things working in different ways and working for some people yeah. is like. That's what it's all, all about because yeah. CBT didn't work for me at all. and But then my housemate was like, it was the best thing for me. But then she had to have four, she had four different therapists and the one that actually worked for her was a student. And right. she was very like, how are we going to work on your, she, like her approach was very human givens like. Yeah. And, and everything I keep hearing is like, it, it backs up more and more what I'm learning and reading. Because yeah. it's like, it's not, it's, yeah, it's just it's very interesting how 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 as a therapist you can do basically anything, even stuff that might not even work. Like you can make up your own model, whatever. But if if you do it in a certain way, you might not know that 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 fits into the human givens kind of framework. Yeah. But it does. If it's aligned and, and with the givens really of effective. human nature, it's going to work. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it's. But it's, you see, I think that what was didn't finish saying earlier is that the real opportunity is actually outside of therapy because as we know that there's some still stigma about mental illness and and about mental ill health in general but the ideas because they apply to human beings there's only a certain proportion of people who are interested in psychotherapy and there are many people who suffer and struggle who would never go to to anyone a stranger to talk about their stuff and we believe that the real opportunity to spread these ideas is to get the fundamental organizing ideas, not so much the in-depth techniques, not so much the, you know, the rewind or the, the, some of the more subtle aspects of interventions that we do, but just to get things like the needs model into schools, into uh, youth work, into people who... Workspace. Yeah, into into the employment, because actually the challenges that we're facing, whether it's economic, global, environmental or political, there's so much uncertainty. There's so... All the systems seem to be failing at the moment. And this understanding of actually what does it mean to be a living organism and what does it mean to to thrive what what's 
how can any what can you say about how a living organism thrives in its environment if you can encapsulate that in any kind of model and teach that it's got to help mm-hmm. you know i think i've often thought that most of the problems in 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 our modern world are caused by either greed or ignorance but if we understood what we are then we've got far better chance of doing something proactive about solving the problems that we face so my mission has always been let's just try and teach these basic ideas and and outside of the narrow area of psychotherapy and i love psychotherapy mm-hmm. but the opportunities are so much bigger than that mm. so i've um, so talking to you about the it reminds me of that polyvagal theory that we that yes. you introduced me to and i introduced you to you introduced uh, me to uh, uh, yeah, uh. yeah completely completely so and it was just like a light bulb moment yeah. again because it fit into yeah. things so neatly but i was reading the book from porge jay's porges S- stephen porges that's, yes, it. that's, it, that's yeah. it and it's from a psychotherapeutical point of view mm. And I'm an osteopath. And I'm like, I work with the autonomic nervous system all the time. You know more about it than I do. I work with that vasomotion and the whole thing and, and, and know the experience people have from having a low back. Having a bad back is actually um, the sensation that your body is giving you on an autonomic level. Yes. The blood yes. supply to the musculature or the tissue into your back that has changed and it, it sensitizes it. Anyway, and so I had to do a bit of, of research and I found an osteopath in France who's actually using the, uses oh, the, wow. the uh, polyvagal th- uh, theory from an osteopathic point of view. And, and, wow. and, and, and I thought like, how awesome is that? That, that mind body thing that Descartes is, has completely uh, opened up and eviscerated and split us and tore yes. us apart is actually being brought back but to, it's together. But the vagal theory has been around over 20 years. That's it, that's, and that's yet, it, that's it. And yeah, I only really became aware of it last year. Yes, yeah, I've, I've been aware of it for like three weeks <laughs> and it's, and I'm, and I'm, Completely sold. It's yeah. definitely. It's true. It's, 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 I mean, yeah, yeah it's that's, cool. that's another example of yeah, where yeah. a really good idea takes a very long time to spread. Because yes. yeah. I, I, you told me about it a week or two ago. Yeah. I spent this weekend watching way too many videos on it, <laughs> and and uh, and, I, and like most of the videos were like ten, ten years old, and I was like, how on earth is this not something that everyone who has anything to do with physiology or like. Yeah. All mental health is, talk- is talking about. Yeah. Like even, even Human like, Givens hasn't embraced it fully, mm-hmm, as far as mm-hmm. I'm aware. Not so, yet. Because no. yeah. that's, that's, that's such another organizing idea. That's the expectation fulfillment theory of dream uh, on, on, a, <laughs> on the body as well as the mind. It's yeah. just like it's. It's amazing. You cannot do the the polyvagal theory without having that whole expectation fulfillment theory of dream right. as well, because yes. it works together. That's yeah. the thing, really. The autonomic pressure, that uh, unfulfilled expectation is loading your autonomic nervous system. It's the charge of that. And that's uh, f- the uh, bilateral or, or bidirectional feedback mechanism is yes. there, really. That's, and it's via the vagus nerve. And yes. it's, I think it's just like completely, I'm mind boggled by the whole lot. I'm, I'm completely sold. And, uh, we, I had written uh, the, the bit the outline of a second course because we've done a bit of a <clears throat> theoretical 
opening of dealing understanding pain a little yes. bit and then yes. now we want to make it a bit practical and since uh, so I had really done your diaphragm it's around the diaphragm there's no diagnosis as such and things like that right. so and then I look at the diaphragm um, helping you to actually uh, live in a way in your body help right. your body to live but we look and on the first part and on the second part we look at the diaphragm helping you to think because <laughs> right. right. that's yeah. the 7-11 yeah. breathing technique so There's a bit more with the phrenic nerve, which is like the vagus nerve, mostly sensory. Yeah. So there's mostly sensory fibers to get your internal environment and all those kind of stuff, feedback. Because yeah. that's the thing, really. It's a bilateral, bidirectional feedback, really. So I was trying to really approach it for both ends. It helps your mental health to breathe and it helps your health to breathe. <laughs> yes, yes. I finish all my all my blogs. I said, don't forget to keep breathing because it's the secret to staying alive. Isn't that's it? it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. As long as you're breathing, you're still alive. If, you, it, if you stop breathing, you're that's a goner. It, that's it. But it, 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 and, and and looking at that polyvagal theory, all of a sudden it cha- it puts a bit. It puts the spanner into my plan a little bit. Really. So <laughs> I, I, I think there's. Yeah, so I think we'll stick to the plan I've done a bit and those two approaches and the two chapters of it, really, because it's really just... So is this going to be an online course? Yeah, online course. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. So we want to spread the idea to the, to the many, basically. Yes, and yes. that's really that... Um, the whole thing about modernism is, I believe that with a rational mind, everybody who has a rational mind, so I think the majority of us have, apart from people who are too traumatized or, or mm-hmm. damaged, basically, uh, from accidents or cerebral vascular accidents, type thing, it's going to be diffi- more difficult for them to achieve yeah. <laughs> a, 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 ration, a, a clear thinking thing, a, approach. And I think most of us ought to really have access to that kind of information. So yeah. a, a bit like you, I really want to come out of my one-to-one yeah. uh, uh, room, which is awesome, and it's, I'm so privileged to be able to have access to the most complex structure in a, in a universe, yes. in, in a functioning universe. It's, it's absolutely mind-boggling, and I'm, I so really feel very privileged by that. But I, want, I feel like there's so much benefit to the societal demand there is yeah. for a bit more clarity and yeah. what you talk about that's it I think it's so people and now we have, we have the way of disseminating the information that's it, that's yeah. it, that's it. nowadays with, with podcasts and with yeah. in, online things yeah. I think it's really giving people access and things really I, I've always been fascinated by exponential growth the idea that things take off mm-hmm. far faster sometimes than we than we expect mm-hmm. and I, I look around nowadays and I kind of think When you get when you see an idea just suddenly take off, it's almost like a supernova. Mm-hmm. It's like an explosion, and I think that the internet and the, the because the challenges are becoming huge, then we're being driven to find a solution and to share a solution. And I notice everywhere that people are experimenting with different ways of coming together in community, mm-hmm. whether it's online or whether it's in in groups, whether it's with um, what's that uh, website meetups you know people getting together in meetups mm-hmm. and things you can you can look and meet up and find an activity group in your area for any subject under the sun whether it's sewing or spirituality or whatever my patient does a stitch and beach uh, right. group yeah. <laughs> 
they meet up and they go knitting in the pub and they meet up yeah. something but it's stitch and bitch that's it, that's it. And, they, and they love it and, they, and it's uh, it's growing yeah. because yeah. people are really enjoying the two oh. things yeah. Yeah. people work better in community that's it that's it yeah That's what I, I hope is going to happen with um, with the the pain course. Not necessarily the community, although who knows the um, the like spreading of like the human givens framework or or you know out whatever it comes out as. Um, and I think the idea of it being something that's um, uh, sort of used as a tool in in schools especially schools because mm. I have a lot of friends who are teachers I would say the majority of my friends are teachers more than anything right. else and they all have the same issues with difficult kids in particular and and they all have difficult kids mm. and um and I think it's such a waste like it's such a waste mm. of amazing teaching or learning time <laughs> depending where you are yeah. and I think that that idea of a better framework on how an understanding on how to manage and and then or engage kids children mm. shall we say is is great and with the pain thing it's like taking people out of their their bubble and in some cases maybe their unhelpful or unfruitful groups that they might have found themselves in communities mm. and trying to give them an opportunity that we talk about slaying dragons and the idea of like slaying a dragon and, and then the treasure Um, that comes after before this podcast I was listening to one of our other podcasts introducing the course on pain the first part and and Alexi was saying that you cannot imagine the treasure the treasure of overcoming pain yes. is unbelievable it's yes. like and I I I have I have had pain issues but I definitely haven't been in pain for like days and weeks and months and right. years on end yeah. and, and I can't imagine how soul destroying that must be I had back pain mm. for 20 years wow. but um, it started when I was about 17 or 18 and when I track back to why I might have suffered there were two factors that, that, that I'm aware of one is I used to do a paper round and the bag of papers was so heavy that you could hardly stand under the weight and of course it was all on one shoulder and I did that on a regular basis as a teenager for pocket money and then the other thing is that I was uh, uh, I, when I was 18 I bought an electric guitar which is physically the heaviest guitar <laughs> you can get same shoulder sure and I used to play three hours a day you know, practicing and uh, I was completely out of shape but I had back pain that was debilitating off and on for best part of 20 years so at least once a year I'd be off work for a week unable to move unable to get to the toilet sometimes and in almost in tears well I was in tears sometimes mm -hmm. because and I had heat treatment I had chiropractic that's how I got into chiropractic, chiropractic. I, <laughs> I had uh, lots of different forms of help and nothing really worked until one thing that I changed which completely cured my back trouble mm -hmm. I got divorced mm -hmm. <laughs> all the stress that's, went. that's it that's it but I think In a way, at 17, you were not married, but nonetheless, the way you were actually mitigating the effect the paper round was having on your back was not maybe up to scratch, and you created a mechanical uh, strain and a mechanical compensation in your body that you, your brain tapped into a bit later on. Right. Uh, and it's about the paper, you talk about paper, uh, paper round, but you talk about pocket money. Yeah. And you talk about supporting yourself financially. 
Yeah. In a way, really. So the, the already the association from the paper round and the mechanical and, and the pattern matching between uh, what you were expecting to get out of the paper round and the mechanical strain you were under was already put That's together then, really. And yeah. then you just had to have a, a level that was not maybe manageable enough and for the whole thing to go, basically. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, yeah. But as you say, the relief it. when you when you find a solution. That's, that's, that's it, that's it. We don't value health until we lose it. Mm-hmm. And that's then, it, that's you know, it. It's, it's like, it's the most important thing. But often, this is something that uh, sort of confused me a little bit with the with Alexi's like, idea of pain because <laughs> sometimes someone could change something really big like getting a divorce and then all their pain, like their pain will go. And, but then the way that your body can build that up and then tap into it and then keep it going and then what and then you think oh it was the divorce it was like definitely the divorce but it was maybe it was something within the divorce that you weren't doing well within yourself or supporting yourself in a certain way and then because of the divorce you had to be yeah. independent and yeah. support yourself and, and then you, you had these other things and there's so many things that change there are many when factors. you make a massive yeah. massive yeah. life change and and that's why that's why you need a framework because people will be like you know I had a really bad ankle and then I had this operation. And Are you now, telling me I need to divorce fine. to get rid of my ankle pain? <laughs> <No>! <laughs> and and it's like, yeah, then you can have this massive operation and this operation might make it better and there might be a slight like um, like tissue. There might be a reason why it's slightly better, yeah. but it, then it might end up coming back. And yeah. the reason why it was better might just be the fact that you felt like you were in, more in control with your pain yes, yes. because someone who you know is incredibly good at their job is is making it better. Mm. And then after that, it's better for a while. But a lot of people who have ankle surgery, knee or hip or whatever else, often the the ailment ends up coming back yes. after a while. Yeah. So it's like pain's so weird and it's so Mm. interesting I remember reading a report in a chiropractic magazine probably in about 1992 when was the last big earthquake in San Francisco was it around that time Mm. 91 I don't don't remember quite when it was but and there was this article surprised me because it suggested that there had been a surge in people seeking help from chiropractors for lower back pain after After the earthquake because of stability issues I, 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 that was news to me that, the, me, the metaphor yeah. Yeah. well I'd never thought that stability that there was a mental connection between the physical mm-hmm. and that and of course there mm-hmm. is yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, naive not to think there is so yeah no it's it's, it's um, the perk of being human really and the main problem is uh, having to deal with the pain you have today and uh, the experience you're having today and because you're human and you're conscious of being conscious you've got a problem of having traded tomorrow today for tomorrow and therefore the expectation you have of what you should be able to do would the pain not be there tomorrow has to be contended today yes on top of the pain today Yes. And you are, and because you're human and we are gregarious and well, you know about facial uh, nerves and 
like accessory nerve mm. and all the posture from the polyvagal theory, mm. we get a lot from being around other people yes. and we compare ourselves to others. So if your shoulder is buggered and you can't move it, uh, bet your bottom dollar, it's raining that day, you get to the office and you notice everybody putting their coat on the wool body coat hanger. <laughs> I wish I could do that. Uh, that's it, that's it, that's it. The, uh, and you compare yourself to others. Yeah. Uh, and, and so you have that, those three, la the archetypal, what is it the shoulder does for humans? Yes. On yes. top of what is the expectation you have of what your shoulder should be able and to do. And when I was disabled by, by back pain, oh, yeah, yeah. it was as much fear about would I be able to get back to work to, to as anything yeah, yeah. else. It's expectation. And so your financial security, your competence, your social interaction you get from work, we say if you don't work nowadays, if you don't have friends and you've got a substance abuse, your mental health is going to be difficult to yeah. go back to yeah. because you don't have a framework, you don't wake up in the morning, you do, you're outside of the whole realm of uh, yeah. getting in, independence and bouncing ideas with others and then you substitute it with a substance, with alcohol, for example. Or, and or most of the structures that in the past have held our communities together, like the church and mm -hmm. like pubs and, and, and yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, they're dissolving, you know, they're, they're not part of regular life anymore. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we, if we get our, all of those needs that you talk about mm -hmm. through work, mm -hmm. and then we can't work, it's That's like it. everything goes. You know, exactly. All the eggs are in one basket. You think everything goes. Well, yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and you think everything goes. Not only it, everything goes, and, and on top of it, you think yes. everything goes. Yes. Yes. The two yeah, things yeah, happen yeah. at the same time. Yeah. And that's the tricky part. I treat animals, and I can see that completely. Animals are in pain now. Yes. But they, they even even thought about, about tomorrow. Like mm. the sun goes down and it's tomorrow. It's, to, it's tomorrow. No, no, it's today again. It's today again. <laughs> it's a succession of today. It's, it's something you can't, you cannot even conceptualize in your head. Mm. And, and the suffering animals have is very genuine, but it's very present. It's now. Yes. And, 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 and they do not suffer as much as we do because of that lack of, of ability to suffer about today, today, uh, tomorrow, today. Yes. They don't suffer about tomorrow, today. And they don't compare themselves to others. They've got no concept of what tomorrow is. And they've not, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very, very important thing. And people are so, so much more complicated. It adds another two layers of yes. complication to pain and the yeah. whole thing. So it's the, the treasure you get out of slaying that dragon is ginormous because the headspace you gain yeah. from being able to be not having to uh, worry about the income you're gonna not maybe have tomorrow in case of you being in pain today I mean it's just like the headspace that you gain is the cortical access you have to do other things is, is mm. I mean it's just like ginormous so I think there's, there's that Awesome so thing. tell me, have you figured out how you're going to distribute the pain course when it's ready? Uh -huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. all sorts. There's like a Udemy, there's a, a Groupon, there's all okay. sorts of things. It's, it's a, well, it's a then, I, I actually, yeah. I actually, and Elliot knows a bit better because well, he's a techie I guy. I, I don't, but I, <laughs> I think long term, like I think Udemy and Groupon will get us some new people, yeah. and then. Alexi has, you know, he's got a client base that, you know, maybe 10 or 20 of them might be interested. And then with the first part of the course, we're going to offer it for £2.99, I think we've decided. Right. And it's about an hour hour's worth of videos split yeah. up in three modules. And then we're actually, 
we're going to go through and we're going to cut snippets of that course out and just and put it out there for people to view for free on our social media platforms and i hope that over the next six months of talking to you know amongst ourselves and to new people like yourself on the podcast and just having loads and loads and loads of clips of videos yeah and just constantly put it out there people will get will have a huge amount of content that that they'll then be able to understand if they want to if they really want to figure out their issues with pain then hopefully they'll be able to, there, there will be enough there for them to go in deeper and then get an idea of the context much better and then once they've got a bit of a flavor of the context hopefully they'll go to these courses that the first part's going to be understanding it the second part's going to be managing it and they'll be able to it'd be like a much more concise framework for them to follow for them to get involved with put things up and like really act on and do in in their own lives right so i think it's going to be a bit slow but because because we can't go we can't say to them like we've got the solution like we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna fix your pain and we're gonna do this for you and we're gonna do we don't want to because it's that's not what it's about but and and some of what we're saying again i was re-listening to an old podcast about pain was like I mean, I wish Alexi kind of wouldn't talk the way that he does about pain because it's it's not it's not easy. It's not easy going to someone who's got chronic pain and saying like it's it's completely your shit. By the way, it's all about you doing stuff. Like we can yeah. give you some information, but you've the, got to implement the actual, it. The only way to get you out of pain, yeah. you can go somewhere for but a week. This is this is why but, I'm interested to ask because one of the things that it's taken me a lifetime to learn um i feel like i've been slow to kind of get to grips with this is that providing information is a good idea when it's valuable information when it's meaningful but people don't change their behavior based on information Mm -hmm. and you can look at all of the smoking cessation programs you know, we've got pictures on cigarette packets of, of, of poorly lungs and things. It's very clear that you can provide all the information in the world, but that's not the way that people choose to change their behaviour. Mm-hmm. So and Con- Confucius thing, which I think is just absolutely unbelievable. I love it so much. I, I hear and I forget. I do I re- and I remember. No, no, no. I, I hear and I forget. I see and I remember. I do and I understand. Yes and, yes. and like I said earlier with my my issues with like wanting to be valued and and like really wanting to be like attention from people, I always feel like I have to give them value. And so right. I have a thing at the moment where a lot of my friends because I'm learning a lot of stuff, if they've got <laughs> they've got an issue with their life, I turn into like a therapist mode and I'm like you're learning this, and then you should definitely do this and then oh, this is what I think you should do and 100% this and is what you should. You've still got do. some friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thankfully, I don't know how. And, and family as well. I do it. I've, I've done it. I've done it to all three of my brothers within a week. And I was like, fuck. I really need to, I really need to address this issue. And I 100%, 100% believe that I, I hear and I forget because that's what I always do. Yeah. So I, I just, I'm not trying to upset the apple cart, but one of the things that Bindi and I have been learning over the last 18 months in particular, and, and it's because of this this whole thing about having the good idea isn't enough. You've got to mm-hmm. get it out there. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to become visible, which is you know what you're saying about putting out a lot of content. People need to, to see that the content's there. But the thing that's really um, got a grip on my 
approach to spreading the ideas at the moment is that what people actually need is to be guided through a process, Mm -hmm. not just to be overloaded with information. Mm -hmm. And I just wondered if you'd ever thought about setting up a membership site where people uh, pay a small monthly subscription to be part of a community where that community are engaged in a journey Mm -hmm. that is about overcoming pain because that's the model that i think is is has the most potential for our business in the Mm -hmm. future which is that we've got the information we can put the information out but actually people get overloaded with information Mm -hmm. what they actually want to know is what do i do next Mm -hmm. so there's a bit of accountability yeah so i went to i did a business course a while back quite interesting thing and the main thing was all focused on accountability in, yeah. because all, having all the ideas and having all the information and saying and having the whole lot was quite an interesting thing but actually being accountable is really moving you a bit further forward so uh, yes the information is there but I think it's just really as well uh, to uh, because when people are in pain and physical pain I think there's a bit more access to different modalities. There's more people in physical pain who seek different modalities of treatment than there are people with genuine mental health problems who've seeked yeah. um, uh, things. So I think with that, dec- with that Cartesian kind of way and the prejudice there is to mental prejudice, yeah, I think, uh, to mental health yeah. compared to physical health. So we are maybe as what we are selling is really physical pain uh, relief. We, which actually is a bit people can but, compare different ways they've gone about doing it and we really want people to maybe write a little book about themselves and, and, and go through and the sequence of the whole thing really. but is, are they really incentivized to actually buy the whole uh, uh, process and go through the whole thing is definitely are they going to do the work are they going <laughs> to do the work I mean, which, which where does my our responsibility I think there is a bit that heuristic approach as well, a little, which is quite a difficult one. So I think, yeah, maybe it's a good idea. About I think, that, but, uh, but with with that, you still you still have to seed it. You still have to yes, get people. Absolutely. And and whether we, I, like we we've got some ideas of like when we're launched and when people are right like doing this thing in the book and they're kind of like rewriting their journey kind of thing. Like actually talking about what actual pain they have and then where that links in and what they need to do physically yeah. and then and then the central modulation the sort of more stress and uh, I guess mental health side of it and what they need to do there I I would really like to figure out a way maybe it's a membership or building a community or actually maybe it's more something in the public eye on social media platforms that already exist and them talking about because once you found, find out, once you find out a bit more of your the reasons why you've got a certain thing, like whether it's mental health or physical or, or all of it, I think you become quite. Um, it's like once you accept it and you realise that this is something that you can that other people have and you can actually make a um, move. You can move with intention mm. on this thing. I think it's really exciting, and I think I'm hoping that people will will. Join, like join each other in shouting about it a bit on social media platforms that already, already exist. Yeah. Um, but 
It's, it's definitely. But yeah, I'm definitely I'm just thinking of the iceberg and, and, and the bit you know our, what we're conscious of is just a little bit at the top. And actually, I mean, I'm interested to know your your opinion on on how important it is in in your um, in the work that you do with your clients. Is that quite often knowing the answer is important it's the start but it's developing the habits it's programming our unconscious mind it's actually telling our overcoming our limiting beliefs and actually reprogramming our habitual decision making things mm -hmm. that's going to make the difference in the long term isn't it a completely copy yeah is a life is it a, a eating habit or a diet right that's it it's the same so uh, i think we are trying to really sell people uh, a way of developing a daily routine to mitigate the strain the environment is physically and mentally is putting on their body and how to mitigate it. Yes. But I guess there need to be some dopamine seeded onto that and some motivation and having and accountability. Accountability, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So do we do a, a Facebook group, which is a bit too impersonal and not physical enough possible? Or do we have little conferences? Or do we have mm. an accountability? Uh, like, uh, yeah, I think the, the whole uh, community thing and the whole um, uh, membership site is really quite an interesting uh, the a model, really, because it's incent people are incentivized already by having paid a monthly subscription about yeah. the whole lot, really. And, and, but it's availability. So where does it where does it fit? Who, who's providing the advice? Who, yeah. So you need to... There's only two of us, in a way, in, in, in adventure. So how many... We need to train other people to be able to... Because we can... I'm pretty sure we can cater for, uh, let's say, a thousand people right. type thing, in a way. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and having that weekly input, a little bit, and questions, and maybe different formats mm -hmm. so online, and then, and then we go on a bit of like a, a live, yeah. live guest, kind guest of inter speakers interaction, and, yeah. and then we can yeah. demonstrate something and do like a, a virtual class once in a, a week, or those kind of things. But after a while, when the numbers start to really spiral a bit out of control, it's almost like a education again, really. Yeah. So... Yeah. Um, but what's, new level, what, what new level. One of the things I didn't know about the, the membership world um, mm -hmm. until we started studying this particular approach to it is the, the, the single biggest reason why people drop off those programs is content overload. Yeah, yeah that's, it, that's, it, that's, it, that's it. So actually, to make it successful, you often have to do less but you have to guide people through the steps mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so that they're actually implementing what they're learning rather that's than it, just it. learning it. So you that's can it, teach them it. in a course quite quickly, mm -hmm. but to hold their hand and actually help them put it into practice in a daily or a weekly uh, habitual <laughs> way yeah, yeah. is what actually gets the results. Mm -hmm. I, I, actually, I actually disagree with that. I think the number one reason why they drop off is a lack of a framework around the content or, yeah. or a lack of organisation. Because people have built their own barriers and, and those barriers are based around unanswered questions. And if we, get, if we get loads of questions from people, and then the idea is for us to answer them on this live, do a webinar, do conference, whatever else. And we really structure and organize that inf that, those mm. questions and the, like, the motivation behind those questions well, then and UX like uh, allow people the user experience for them to go in and be able to really find their things that's going to take up a, a lot of work but it's almost the 
it's almost the same as a membership but like more of a them finding their own personal thing within it yeah but yeah, I don't know. So it's, I, 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 I agree with both of you because I think it's both things. Both, at I the think same they're both. Yeah, that's both, it, that's yeah, it, that's yeah. it. Yeah. And, no, and no, I'm right. So maybe we haven't mentioned to um, Alec about the um, framework we are using, which is called the Pengate model. So it's like a 1960s um, physiologist and I think pharmacolo pharmacologist were really interested in understanding how come people could actually with their, shut off pain and their belief yeah. system and the way they could mentally shut off pain. Yeah, and uh, onkephalines yeah. are coming into mind. Yeah, I know a little bit about it. But I'm and, not, and, and, yeah. uh, like gabapentins and amitriptylines yeah. and all the different uh, uh, um, petrochemical <laughs> byproduct of all that, basically. And, and it's a very... Um, embryological it's a very evolutionary it's a very scientific way and you go a peripheral modulation and you go a central modulation not the thing and then so we got like the expectation fulfillment theory of dream which could be the overarching model for that central modulation and you've got like uh, well the ectoderm which is the skin yeah. and the central nervous system and peripheral you got the mesoderm which is like the osteoarticular and, and connective tissue realm and you got the endoderm which is the organs and maybe you've got that thing in between which is that polyvagal right. um, thing so um, how is it you go about approaching that so I think it's really it's it's ginormous because it applies to not one person so you can't really do an archetypal uh, uh, plan in no. a way because it doesn't apply to everybody but the framework is applicable to everybody because yes. it's very yes. physiologically relevant, basically. And to have it into a lot of people who have dealt with physical pain will have already accessed the whole thing via foam rolling or Pilates or, yes. or uh, physiotherapy or chiropractic or osteopathy. They'll have done uh, stretches and things and they'll have really done a bit of diet and things like that to work with their gut. So uh, there's a lot out there of people um, having try just the one thing they're like really focusing oh, my diet is solving everything when actually yes yes maybe for you but on a bell curve you're mm. really on a on a edge really and we want to really access that middle part and having that framework i think is yes. quite an interesting way and you could they we'd like people to develop a bit of a daily routine or a weekly routine of managing their mechanical stress uh, as well as emotional stress yes. and, and, and seeing the whole uh, interaction between the two so the human givens will play quite an important role yeah. because it's, it's another framework where you can get that central modulation very on, and I talk a lot about uh, dopamine about serotonin about endorphin and uh, almost Indeed. like uh, De developmental or even like evolutionary thing really uh, you're a jellyfish or you're a coral or a sponge well the environment goes to you or you go the environment takes you to the food really. <laughs> the food comes to you you don't have to go anywhere you don't have to be motivated at all and once you get a central nervous system and all of a sudden you go front to back and you have to orientate you have to, yourself you have in to prioritize, prioritize yeah. and you yeah. have dopamine really yeah. so the intentional 
intention you have and if you articulate it properly so we are trying to get people to get their dopamine uh, uh, laden onto a model that is actually reflecting better their, intera right. their interaction into a changing environment in mm -hmm. a way and, and, and I think it accounts for quite a lot of a, a bit more of a minority of people Yeah. And I think there might be a mass effect, but definitely I think it's very good point actually. Actually, Alec, with that uh, um, with that uh, membership site, I think it's uh, the dopamine, the the extra zest of dopamine that people have to actually go into really, rather than paying yeah. a one-off fee. It's a bit like an ongoing kind of fee, and you have to do at least a year with things really. We yeah. want yeah. to do like Thriva does a very good cortisol test with the saliva uh, we got like eight, um, um, heart rate variability tools as well yeah. so more like you know you could do your heart your cortisol every six months and you get three tests out right. of that and then you can see a bit how you've increased a little bit or decreased can you test cortisol here in your oh we with saliva yeah Freeva is a it's like a American health I think it's American American health um Like laboratory lab right. and they have a you pay 70 pounds and you get a um a, a, a kit, kit through and you right. test your cortisol through your saliva so it's really first thing in the morning yeah. lunchtime early after late afternoon and then before Bed. bedtime right. so you got four four readings and it gets you an idea about like really high in the morning or not that high and now is it you fit into that bracket a right. bit and then you right. can really compare it on the long term and then yeah. and thing and then There's no nutrition too much, but there's simple things about hydration. There's simple things about really not to make it too, too complicated. And, yeah. and a bit like you're describing a bit, you're doing your paper round, maybe getting people to have a bit of a view, like actually it's not really my job who's actually a, the problem on my back, but it's more how is it I'm mitigating the effect my job is having on my back. Yes, both In physically and emotionally. Well, uh, as I said, both physically and emotionally, yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to tap on, we'll try to tap on that, but yeah. Well, how, how are you, how are you, like, what? our plan is, have you, have you seen the cards that, that, that yeah, we publish? I'm yeah. really annoyed I didn't bring them because I borrowed them. I've off, got to say, they're, they're in my they're bag. In eight, in eight cards, right? Yeah. Um, and so we know the cards work. We, we, we know that we've, we've got a lot of different people using them in a lot of different situations. Um, and, They, you know, they generate a small amount of income. We don't make a, a lot. We don't make a living out of, of of publishing them, but they are getting spread and they are getting used, and they're getting used by lots of different people in different modalities as well. So there are doulas in North America who run training programs that are accredited by Doulas of North America, which is their their organization. Um, they've they've got the cards accredited as part of one of their courses. Um, we've got street kids in Kampala, Uganda, who are being introduced to the cards through a charity, Brass for Africa. So they're all over the world, and we know that they work. But what we think the the way to actually spread it more effectively, uh, we're working towards setting up a membership site right. where people um, get introduced to the cards. But one of the things we've noticed is that people often, they, they buy them because they're beautiful and they, they resonate with the ideas, but then they sit on the shelf and they think... How do I actually use, use it? Them. How um, how do you get enough um, confidence to introduce them 
to a client because it's quite a big step if you don't feel completely connected with them you're not quite sure how they're supposed to be used and it always surprises me because i'm a tool user and i see a tool i'll I'll use it but i've noticed that many people are they think well am i doing it right have i have i learned enough do i need to learn everything about the cars and they're very they're more reticent than i would expect Mm -hmm. about starting to use So the idea is that the membership takes you through all the stages of becoming completely confident and familiar so that you can start to use these ideas, first of all with clients, if that's what you're doing, but also with groups and with workshops and all the rest of it. And the, the so that's the idea for the membership. We're building up towards it. We've still got quite a bit of work to do because there's a whole process that you go through in terms of um, planning to make it happen. Um but that's my dream is is they, they say people come to a membership for the content but they stay for the community and if you can make the community work in the sense that people are making progress through a framework that is absolutely crucial like you say you need to know you know what is the starting point what's the end point what do i need to do to get from here to there um when the community grows to a, a, you know, you were saying once you get beyond thousands, it might be difficult to serve them all. Actually, what you find is that the community start helping each other. Yeah, and, that's and, it, that's and that's they, they start actually coming up so because they've been done, through the journey. Yeah, they've been within it. Different yeah. levels of people who've been there from the yeah. start and they yeah. really understand the yeah. cards, for example. And it and fits their needs anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. It, that's it. That's it. The, the other thing that we learned through a, a survey that I did earlier this year, uh, earlier this summer, is that I was a I was astounded to learn this. Maybe I'm naive and I should have realized before, but we asked people, what's the single biggest challenge that you face in terms of overcoming anxiety or dealing with anxiety? Um, And I was really surprised to see in the results. We, We also asked them whether they were interested in using the cards for themselves or in a professional capacity or in workshops or with clients. And what we discovered is that I can't remember the exact figure, but it was more than 50%, I believe, of therapists were also struggling with their own anxiety. Mm. And I kind of had this assumption that if you're working as a therapist, you've dealt with your own stuff. <laughs> it's not true. I think it's, I, I wouldn't be surprised if overall it's more than that, more yeah. than 50%. And that's only anecdotal. But I think so. That's quite shocking, really, because it. uh, But it also opens up a a potential possibility, which is that actually, as you start using the cards and understand and introducing them to other people, you can actually start to learn it for yourself as well. So maybe there's Mm -hmm. an opportunity to overcome not only your client's anxiety but your own anxiety Anxiety. through familiarity of doing potentially make you a more effective therapist as well. Absolutely, yeah. But I guess therapists are in therapy. Because they need therapy. <laughs> most of oh, I think most of them. I, I would say most of them have needed it. Needed it at some stage, or yeah. or all that the whole thing. I think with the the journey, maybe about pain and people who are actually in an awful lot of pain and persistent pain or chronic pain warrior or uh, mode. Basically, they've yeah. been they're so good at being in pain <laughs> that it's going to be taking them such a long time to really work at it and grind backwards. 
supports that the whole thing really so I get that that community would be quite an interesting thing and a different um, a different environment it would provide them with a different environment because we yes. know from yeah. the human given that uh, toxic environment is actually yes. what actually yeah. stifles people in their progress and in yeah. their mental health so, and I'm pretty sure physical health so uh, having an Instagram account and everybody's uh, reinforcing your view of your warped view of what pain means and nothing because you're experiencing it but you're not really an expert about it it's not because you're experiencing pain that you're really an expert about pain yes otherwise you would have experienced pain but you'd be out of pain yes and you'll be, be definitely an expert because you'll have found a solution in or the solution for you for the whole thing so by being in lots of pain for a long time and having loads of people uh, churning the whole lot doesn't make you an expert really in a no, way really no. so that, that's maybe an environment which is toxic which is what uh, uh, um, Elliot was talking about earlier on really I think yeah. is to provide them with maybe a, a space where expertise and the level of framework is and, and uh, um, the simplicity of the framework and how you can create over it and, and maybe do a bit of crocheting or knitting <laughs> around yeah. it can, can, is, is allowed really and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I guess Yeah, the community. So uh, not mm, my, my yeah. wife is trying to do a membership site oh, at she? the moment, oh. and 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 I guess I think it in, applies in what, even in, in what area? Oh, yeah. it's in uh, childcare. Okay, but I guess yeah, it's not. So it's definitely maybe not a membership site that she should be doing really because that's oh maybe I don't know maybe I've not <laughs> spoken enough to her and obviously my rapport with her and my communication <laughs> is maybe a bit difficult. But anyway, no. Yeah, okay, I think that's... So I'm, I'm yeah. interested you, you, to sold, you sold us uh, the whole thing, uh, Alec. Well done, <laughs> thank you. No, and, and, and then I guess Throwbridge and Tedbury are not very far, really. Throwbridge. <laughs> it's under an hour. It's under an hour, that's it, that's it, that's yeah. it. And, and I guess that you will notice possibly that quite a lot of the people who have mental health have got actually physical health issues and I'm noticing a lot that people who have physical health issues have got mental health issues yeah. and that's why the central modulation is completely part of what I try to do really because yeah. yeah. it needs to be both ways really yeah, in yeah. my opinion really so it's interesting I've, I've not I never asked my clients about their physical pain or their mm -hmm. physical health specifically mm -hmm. but i think i will be doing from mm -hmm. now the, that's where um we were talking earlier about or i was saying about how everything kind of fits into the human givens framework but again that was only kind of a, or actually only a small part of it the two other bigger bigger parts of things that i that really hit me was the theory of dream and yeah. how that links for me like I think everyone I, I know who's got lots of pain sleeps really badly and dreams quite a lot. Right. And then same with like mental mental health side of things. And then the other part, which is slightly unrelated, um, is how people can be in different states and of of arousal. Yeah. And from growing up in the in a church, I was I was I was absolutely like stunned by how some people could they're like 100% sure that this passage means this even though in my mind I was like but it could mean lots of other different things and with the human givens again kind of like address that 
mm. or like or or gave some reasons so cutting like, cutting like cuttings yeah, yeah. cuttings yeah like yeah yeah you can be so aroused by but don't you think that's one of the most that's one of the things that amazes me still the most is how sure people are about things mm-hmm. yeah it's like actually when you look closely at what you really know it's completely clear that there's far more that we don't know yeah, than yeah, we yeah. do and yet everyone's got an opinion you should, you should maybe go around <laughs> yeah. saying I'm 5% sure <laughs> yeah that's, yeah. that's it that's it but um, so you were talking about rational thinking everyone's it, got rational thinking it's no. not always used <laughs> yeah, that's, it, that's, it, that's it that's it that's it that's it that's it but the framework we want to use is quite rational yeah and, and, and I think that could maybe help people to be a bit more rational but that's uh, just on the outside because I think it's a very important point and I think uh, Jordan Peterson makes a very good point about that it's one of the guys we like to listen to with his mm. podcast it's about vulnerability as soon as you're vulnerable that's why you're so sure about things you, you stop because you're masking your vulnerability but yes, that's it that's it that's it, that's it. You don't you don't open yourself to yeah. being vulnerable because not knowing makes you vulnerable. So therefore, you have to yes. be completely sure and stop your your way really. And once you're conscious of being conscious, you're vulnerable. Yes, and, and you yes. know good from evil. Uh, Adam and Eve are, are, are closed. They go like, oh my god, I'm naked. <laughs> oh my god, I'm vulnerable. So I have to hide myself, hide my vulnerability in a way, really. And we are the only creature who closes himself because of vulnerability. He hides how vulnerable we are. And, and knowing good and evil is, if I know what uh, is vulnerable for me, I know what's vulnerable for you. And therefore, I can use it to destroy you or I right. can use it to help you. And, and I don't want you to, it's Achilles and his heel. It's my Achilles heel. Achilles is invulnerable. He is indestructible until somebody knows his secret. And his secret is used to destroy him. That, 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 There's an interesting story. take on that that I've, I've been thinking about a lot recently, mm-hmm. which is, you know, Human Givens puts a lot of emphasis on um, where we place our attention. That, that actually attention is a, a form of nutrition that's widely underestimated and that actually it's a motivating thing that affects people's behavior in ways that they're often not even aware of you know what we're doing now is for attention, attention. you know uh-huh. of course. to get attention of course. um and when you know where you're placing your attention you can also know where you're not placing your attention you know where your blind spots are mm-hmm. but you'll never be aware of your true blind spot yourself because if i tell you what it is you won't recognize it because it's your blind spot. So I think it's really interesting that when, when you think about two animals in the wild, if you can see where somebody else has their attention placed mm-hmm. and where it's not placed, mm-hmm. you can see their vulnerability. Uh, for sure. Because you can then, if you chose to, you can exploit the where they're spot. looking yeah. and what they're aware the of spot. and what their, what their blind spot is. Mm-hmm. And I think that... Um, that vulnerability thing is very interesting in, in, to look at from the point of view of attention. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I talk a lot about, is your attention narrow or mm-hmm. is it wide? Mm-hmm. Is it deep or shallow? Mm-hmm. And what is it not pointing at? What, mm-hmm. what are you not aware of? Mm-hmm. And I, I think as living organisms, 
it's really vital that we start to be aware of, of where our attention is placed and where it's not placed. Mm-hmm. In other words, what we know and what we're not, mm-hmm. what we don't know. Because there's a limit to what we can perceive. Mm-hmm. All the time there's a limit. But most people don't think about, well, where is the boundary? What, mm-hmm. what am I aware of and what's beyond that? Mm-hmm. Those are the things that keep me awake. I, I do a trick like that with patients. Yeah. And I'm like, like you now I could do the trick now yeah, go and we can talk about you paying fool me you fool. Well, that's it that's it no actually uh, notice that you can fool yourself in a way with your attention yeah. and that's the whole thing really because you pay attention to me talking to you but you don't feel your sock yes 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 and all yes. of a sudden oh now I feel and now sock. you feel your sock yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you, you were feeling your sock but you were deciding to pay attention to something that to you was more meaningful yes. than your sock yes. and photography is another thing as well like that yeah. like the depths of field so yes. you see the forest and all the trees or you see just the tree and you lose the forest yes. in a way really and uh, dominance hierarchy and all that uh, serotonin uh, and how you feel you modulate your mood a little, mood a little bit it's you can't focus on just the one tree yes. you have to focus on all the trees in all in the forest and as many trees as possible but you need to be able to step back and relook at the forest to be able yeah. to choose the next tree and, it's, and when we get stressed it affects oh, the way that we, we place our attention and, so. and my attention went to my socks as soon as you started telling the story <laughs> I was talking to a friend uh, this weekend uh, about this and how then your your attention also puts meaning into matter because you're paying attention to what probably you find meaningful in that in that moment and the, and the more you do that the more your body actually changes depending on that what you find meaning meaningful, meaningful. meaningful. Mm-hmm. and that to me is like just that's such an interesting idea of like that's why you should be careful about what you're paying attention to absolutely yeah, yeah and yeah. and i've only really grasped i've i think i feel like we've been talking about this kind of stuff for a long time and this it's again with that i hear and i forget i see and i i remember and i do and i understand and when you start to you know change your patterns a little bit better for the for the better like i used to smoke a lot and then and and like not just tobacco weed as well and and other things as well when i started to change my my patterns of behavior a little bit then you start to understand more as to it's so what it's so completely ridiculous when yeah. yeah like what why you want to be paying attention to things mm-hmm. that are actually meaningful to you mm-hmm. rather than just like whatever just pay attention mm-hmm. to whatever and and the overarching thing with all that and the whole blind spot and seeing somebody uh, visual um, visual sphere a little bit and therefore their non-visual sphere yeah. is about trust. 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 That's it, really. And, and there's really that overarching thing behind it about trust, really. Say more about that because I'm not quite on the yeah. wavelength with that. Because you if I we start to talk about our blind spot our vulnerability you need to trust me that I'm not going to use it against you okay that's yes. really about trust yes. in yes. a way so that's why you get to the pub there's a pint and it's a pint for everybody you trust the the uh, patron to actually pour you the same amount than everybody you, uh, I promise the bearer to yes. give the word yes. that's trust again yes. it's all all really based on trust and it's because having your 20 pound note you have nothing to show 
<laughs> so you have to trust the, the, <laughs> the, the bank will honor it really otherwise the thing completely collapses really so what, so what can we say about trust in terms of what we understand of human givens because mm-hmm. I don't think trust comes up as a topic uh-huh. but, I mean obviously it's essential in a therapy room mm-hmm. and, it, and it's I guess it starts with rapport rapport mm-hmm. but can we say more than that about it mm-hmm. I had a question from. I had an email today about trust, and I'm still, I'm still puzzling mm-hmm. over it. Mm-hmm. What, can well, we, what can we say? What do we know about trust? Well, we can't know anything about it until we experience it. Well, that's true, and that's the whole bit tricky part of it, really. Um, and the more possibility of you knowing your blind spot and refining the scope or, or the extent of it, the more aware of it you are and therefore the more you can en- entrust others. And it's, uh, It has to be two-way as well. It has to mm-hmm. kind of be... It has. It's just like rapport, I guess, where it's all very well someone coming into your therapy room or your therapy room and you set, setting the scene so that you can build rapport but that person has to then be able to interact with you to understand yes. that they are getting this this trust because if they if they're just too too aroused and stuff then you're probably not going to be able to build it's just like so we can say that rapport is an essential mm-hmm. that it's a two-way thing mm-hmm. that it involves communication mm-hmm. and empathy mm-hmm. But is that enough? Because mm, there's, there's truth in the background as well. You have to be true a little bit. So when you go to therapy, you have to not lie in a way. <laughs> and, 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 or or try to control the whole situation or something like that. So you have to, there's a bit that thing. So Yeah, control. But, uh, but it's a bit about control maybe, but I think there's a truth or truth in the, in the background a little bit. You have to be truthful. Or, yes. or trustworthy a little bit, really, in a way. I say, I'm not too sure. There's, I think yeah. it's all quite big, but the rapport is really the way to be able to interact with the others in light of being yeah. trustworthy or trustworth. <laughs> I think <laughs> maybe maybe one of the factors that you need is an expectation of, of truth, mm-hmm. isn't it? it it's, you've got to believe that the other person is not out to fool you, not oh, out, it, not it, out it, to con you. Which is so, control, isn't it, really? Like, if, I'm not sure. I, my dad taught me something important when I was young, which was that if you, go in, if you meet somebody new and if you go into that meeting wor- worried that they're going to lie or cheat or you know, disabuse you in some way, then there's a very good chance that it they will. will. Mm-hmm. If you go in expecting the best then at least there's a chance that it might happen. <laughs> but if you don't do that, then there's no chance that it's going to happen. So it's almost like we've got to go in with expecting that things are going to pan out in a positive way, haven't we? So it's all, trust then becomes almost like faith. A belief, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like saying, I'm going to give it to the universe and allow... I'm going to start with trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like innocent until proven guilty kind of thing. Like I'm, I'm going to go in there with a level of faith that, they, it's, that they're going to be trustful and I'm going to do the same yeah. Yeah. and then until they break it until I know or feel like it's broken and then that has to come from having trust in myself doesn't it mm-hmm. it's actually trusting myself mm-hmm. that's that's kind of what I meant with the two way thing because I struggle building r- rapport with people in, in s- certain situations because 
I feel like I don't trust, like, I almost don't trust myself in, right. in, in a way. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not going to reach out, if I'm not going to test that rapport, test that trust, yeah. then, then how am I going to get the trust and the rapport yeah. back? Yeah. It's almost like you've got to, mm. it's like a, it's a, f- a feedback. And, and good and evil comes into play a little bit, really. You need to d- believe that there's good out there that can happen to yourself and and to others in a way really and but, um, in the scripture I think in Genesis um, at the end of the day when God looks at what what shenanigan he's been up to that day he knows it's good right yes. and, and I think there's, there's there's a certain framework and a certain sequence of acts and, and, and action that when followed leads to things being good in a way and I think that's um, I find a lot of solace to that because I'd, um, uh, homo homini lupus est Hobbes says man is a wolf for man huh? and, and he's got that thing about you're really out there just for yourself and you're just like here to tear people apart in order to really rip as much as bit that greed in the mm. background really and, and they might be a room for our society and the way the world is going to actually believe that it's actually true when actually uh, maybe that's not really the right sequence of things being done and that um, not even about talking about greed because you can be greedy for good things and therefore <laughs> you end up being greedy in a way really but that's another thing but there is a certain sequence of actions that actually lead things to be actually good really and if you follow not that recipe but that uh, your nature your inner nature and and like that dopamine and serotonin and endorphin sequence Mm. a little bit or the apet movement or the pain gate or the polyvagal there's like certain things that lead to something quite positive in the end because it's a bit but that, it's quite that interesting selfish thing. model of, of human behavior mm-hmm. was what economics was sort of built on wasn't it really mm-hmm. do you think yeah yeah you trade but, off the future for to, today for the future really it's work a bit really so you have to trust <laughs> like you're not a hunter gatherer anymore really so it's uh, september you got a, a pocket full of, uh, of uh, berries and i've got a pocket full of uh, apples and then we come across <laughs> we, and we give each other yeah. a swap and, and mm. we know there's, there's no value of the world you don't own any land you you yeah. don't own the tree you, yeah. it's a bit peculiar and then as soon as you sedentarize yourself and you become an agriculturalist your whole mind changes really in February when it's shitting cold and you got nothing to eat you're with your bowl full of the best grains you've kept for next year yes. <laughs> and you still have to yeah. eat till September already and how is it you cannot but be a little greedy <laughs> about the stuff really it's, it's quite it's, I think there's, there's and as the whole thing we, we go back to what we were talking about when we started about the Tokeli Plek Plek Netinekli Plek that's it in um, in uh, Turkey and, and uh, or Stonehenge and a thing like that to go from a matriarchal to uh, lunar to a solar type stuff and how is it you sell it to people and how is it you get value into things and as it you mitigate what you lose the, the compromise you make really <gasps> so that's insane really but don't you think that people 
are intrinsically you, you talked about good, good. and evil yeah, good. but I, I, I've always thought that mm-hmm. left, if, if unless someone is damaged mm-hmm. it's natural to collaborate, yes, it, to, to, to cooperate, to do, to do good things. I don't buy the idea that people are at heart inherently greedy. Mm-hmm. That's it, that's I, I it, think they it. can become greedy, mm-hmm. and I think they can be brought up in a culture that, that feeds that aspect. That's but it, I don't it. think it's, it's part of our innate that, being. That's why there's good and evil, though, isn't it? Well, is there evil? Be- because the good, like, you don't, you're not born evil, even though some people would say you are, yeah. but... You grow into you grow into who you are through nature and nurture, yeah. And the nurture can give you lots of things that you end up being like. It can give you your the the evil, dare I say, or sinning to miss the mark. And and then the idea of models or rules to live your life by is to try and mitigate that that suffering and that that evil with with good. So although although I don't I don't I definitely don't believe in. See, I, d- I don't think mm-hmm. there's a dark switch. I think there's a light switch. <laughs> but I think and you can turn the light off and then it's dark. <laughs> but I don't think you can turn the dark on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not my experience. He, he transformed darkness into light in the first the first day. Okay. He, with his word, logos, with the intelligible work, he doesn't create light. He actually transformed darkness into light. Ah with his word with motivate with that logos that intelligible yeah. that I- intelligent world in that articulated world in a way uh, and that's really the first part of Genesis in a way that Judeo-Christian way right. of looking but there's a lot of other things with in, in, in the Hindu and the Upanishads or the Mahabharata and I don't know like there's so many things yeah. it's it's transformed but there's some that's it. Yeah, maybe that's maybe an interesting. I'm I'm very. But I, I'm I, a, I, I think it's good. I, I think there's no. I agree with yeah. that though. That there is no like dark switch because it's not really something that people. You don't like. From a young age, you kind of fall into patterns that you that end up being dark. Mm. And as I said, I I used to lie all the time about everything, and that was. I, I'm pretty sure ever since I can remember up until five or six years ago that that was me and i and i never i never expected to hurt anyone Mm. off it was you know i stole as well and that was were you fully aware of what you were doing yeah Yeah, yeah. pretty much all most of the time i think the the only thing did it cause any tension that you knew you weren't telling the truth always did did it yeah 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 but i i i kind of i think i kind of um i'm I, i feel like i got really really good at it (laughs) <laughs> but I'm not entirely sure if that's true and now because I, it could just be that like I was very good at building rapport with people because I was playing this thing right and and now I realize that I st- it's still a play it's still a, a theater kind of thing but it's just like m- maybe base it more on 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 actual play or, or theater yeah. and things that are actually true and the people who I consider myself to be really, really good at lying to, I think it was more the fact that I had built like great rapport with them. Right. And it was actually, um, I'd say my last girlfriend really, who I was with for three or four years. She, I think she like, I've never really asked her this, but I'm pretty certain that she always like, she always knew that there was, there was, there was right. something that was holding her 
yeah. at arm's length. And although I would say that I, I would always say that I, I loved her, it's kind of like I, I'm not really too sure because it, I didn't really yeah, know. We who pick I up, was. we sense things mm. we yeah. don't always understand. And, and like the facial, you know, the facial yeah. recognition, like. Pretty, pretty but I remember, I remember learning when I was quite. I must have been caught lying when I was. Well, you know, everybody goes through that, and I can remember thinking, if if I'm not telling the truth, it's hard work remembering what that's I've it. said. That's it. That's it. And it it came to me one day. It was like. Yeah. Oh, it's just so much easier if you don't. If you don't it's like, so less to remember. So much less to remember. But that's that, that's exactly like I got insanely good at remembering my, right. my, my, my lies because okay. because I would have I would have loads and loads of different friendship groups, and in each one I w- I wasn't completely different. But I, I remember my sixteenth birthday, my girlfriend at the time for a party for me, and I I found out it was a surprise party, and I found out that my um, this is this is so this is so fucked. Um, <laughs> I I I'd lied to her that I had a heart murmur, and um, and to to make her I don't know it was it was all a nut situation. But anyway, uh, and my family were coming over to to spend but, the like for the birthday. Yeah, and then I had and like they knew you didn't have a heart murmur. A murmur-er. few different friends, different friends, and I remember being like like I'm fucked I'm completely fucked and during the night their parents her parents sorry were talking to to my parents and they brought it up and my parents were like what <laughs> what and um and, and your cover my, was my girlfriend found out and just completely she was like oh, it's his you know it's his 16th birthday let's carry on with like and like nothing was said and then obviously the days after we're like and then I think we, I think we split up and then we got back together like for some reason I, I don't know why she anyway crazy teenage and she, beca- like, she became a cardiologist actually she's yeah. one of the best cardiologists yeah. out there at that moment at that point I was like like I have to change this like I have to I really right. have to change this but because it is way easier just to tell the truth mm. and like accept that you're not this awesome like not saying that but having a heart murmur was awesome, but it, it was like a weird, fucked up way to like make her pity me okay, and like yeah, yeah. you know get attention. Yeah, yeah, get attention. It's all it's all been about attention for me, and it's like it's really hard to deal deal with it yeah. now because even like five six years on after just being like right, I need to figure myself out. I think it's only pretty recently that I'm like that I've, that I've realised it's all about me always trying to get positive attention at all costs it doesn't right. matter what cost it is wow. and over the last five or six years it, it's it's not been lying but I've like I've start, tried to start a business with some friends in a few different areas and you know yeah so it's it, it's 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 really weird but my driver for attention my need for attention and I've spoken to my brothers so I've got three older brothers and a younger sister I've spoken to my three older brothers about this and um, because they obviously knew that I lied from young age and stuff and stuff. And it's just like, and with the stealing thing, it was always, I always spent money on people. Like I would always, like we'd go on trips and I'd cover, like if they couldn't make it a uni or whatever and I'd buy them pints because I think like pints is what makes friends for life, obviously. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and it's just, it's really weird. And I still, even though I'm not going around lying about who I am or stealing something to give to other people and stuff, I still, there's always little things that I, I, that I struggle with. And that's actually why I went to a human givens therapist because I was like, look, I've got this thing and I, I really don't know how to, I don't know how to bring myself down. Right. 
in a situation where no attention and, you pay and, to the and now now I all I'm doing is paying attention to paying it, attention ex- kind of and, yeah. well yeah maybe yeah, yeah. and in social situations where I usually am pretty good and like able to really connect with people when it's nuts when the balance of people who I know just like me for me mm. when that goes out of when it's like a, a small percentage of the people I'm at I'm with so for example a wedding earlier on this year and a festival earlier on this year when I'm with loads and loads of people and I don't know how to get that attention I just like I just close off and then I become something really odd like dorsal vagal yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. and like and I like at, at this so wedding big, in particular big threat big yeah. threat yeah, yeah. Big yeah. Threat. and uh, it's just I, so I fascinating really other people's lives it's just yeah. I mean the things you've had to wrestle with I, I, that I never I feel Even like I've contemplated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's because my life's been way harder than both, both yeah. of yours. <laughs> well, <obviously>. Clearly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> by your own doing. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Because uh, yeah. yeah, no, no, and and maybe the decision we made of actually not lying because we thought there was far too much to remember when lying is actually led us to the way our life is now and uh, you mm. not having to contend with that at the time led you to where you are now so, which yeah, is quite interesting yeah. really because it's yeah. you're still a fairly good well-functioning uh, part of society you pay your tax you do the whole lot and thing really I mean you go to work you are able to do podcasts you put See, see, I mean, really, like that's quite. In, I think we find that mm. how mm. complex we all are, and how uh, and how resilient we are. At, like you know, we can put ourselves through the most amount of crap <laughs> for a long time, and then yeah. I mean, I do think now I'm fine. I'm like I think there's a lot of physical sides to really whatever. I feel like I've got some physical issues based on me lying and doing other things to get attention and which is inevitable especially as I've, I've run three marathons when I'm, neither of them was I really fit enough to run 26 miles but it's I mean it's it's a journey and it's it it, it does it does suck and I do wish that I didn't pander to do, like do whatever I could to get attention from a young age I think it's been, it's been something that I've done like I think it's one of the oldest things I've I've done. Right, like yeah. I, I, I've done the same. I, I remembered same. my earliest lie and was like, yeah, same thing. It's the same. I've done the same thing with, uh, I think my sister being born and me being vaccinated, whatever, and it triggered the immune response or my eczema, and my eczema was to get more attention. And I'm mm. always thinking, oh my god, I've got that la, na, na. And then when I talked to my parents, my mum was like, yeah, mate, come on, like shut up a bit, because we paid so much attention to you. I was so you're so focused on you're so paying attention to having more attention that you yeah. forget how much attention you get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's completely. Yeah. It's a, you're warped. You're catastic completely. Yeah. So I've got a problem with attention, and I think most people have got a problem with attention. I've got a problem with attention. <laughs> or we are, or, or we have to content with trying to find a balance in attention yes. in a way, and I think yeah. that's in different pyramids or different uh, on different trees in the forest in a way. I yeah. think just seeing that it's a form of nutrition was like ah, Bing. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes like a, a difference. A ba- <laughs> like the, there's the thing within human givens of like a baby getting attention from really young age, isn't that? Yeah, it's like a, it's like a super. If you leave a baby or if you don't give a baby attention, then Watch what they don't. They don't know who they are. They don't. Yeah. They don't develop. Yeah. 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 Excellent. I love it. 
Yeah. I, I can't stop. Zara's wrapping up. It's, that's too, that's, too, that's the too attention. <laughs> yeah. I want to ask you a question. Uh-huh. Different topic. Uh-huh. It's something that... It, it was triggered by your story, actually, your personal story. But I know that I, I have suffered in life. There, there are things that have hurt me. There are times when I've been distraught. There have been times when I've cried. There's time, but not much, really. I've had quite quite an easy ride most of the time. And one of the things that I feel sensitive to, and maybe oversensitive to, is... Uh, an idea that I first came across when I was working for McTimony Chiropractic. Now, their um, logo is Chiron, mm-hmm. the half man, half centaur, mm-hmm. the wounded healer. Mm-hmm. And working in the healing profession, yes, I wouldn't be doing this if I hadn't been depressed. And I suffered when I was depressed. But actually, I didn't suffer very badly. I saw right from early on. I knew that it would make me stronger. So even though I wasn't happy being depressed, in fact, I was completely floored by it at the time, it didn't take me very long to reframe it as something that would, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger kind of thing. And actually, it it drove me to learn about depression, and and it's why I'm sitting here today. Mm -hmm. So I've got an issue with the wounded healer. Mm -hmm. And, And the issue I've got is the expectation that unless you're wounded you can't be a healer Mm -hmm. and I don't feel wounded by my life Mm -hmm. and I just wondered if it comes up in your work Mm -hmm. and your work Mm -hmm. you it it does all the time is it because you are a non-smoker that you can help people to stop smoking is it because you've had a you've never had a bad back that you're able to actually deal with somebody who's got a bad back I think it's about empathy, sympathy. It's about relating to people yeah. in a way. It doesn't and help to say you've not had problems. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't foster a connection n- n- with people no, who but, are suffering. Yeah, because obviously, obviously you have had the physical pain in different places, but it hasn't lasted and have... Um, and I'm actually mitigating a lot of the mechanical load I'm under at the moment with the activity I have, and therefore I have no discomfort right. in things, really. So yeah. um, I think that's more w- wounded, or the wounding, or the wound. I'm not too sure how to say, really. Is it is it a finite thing? Was it... Is that as I, as I ended, or is it mm. something that is ongoing, or is, is it, it something that wounded? might be, or is yeah. I mean, really, there's a bit yeah. that, and uh, people who've got bad shoulders, people with bad neck, the headache, digestive thing, asthma, all those kind of thing and thing, really, and uh, I think having the wounded part is enabling you to have a bit of a shortcut to build rapport with people. Yes, indeed. And and but no, nowadays being a bit more articulate, not having had the whole problem myself I can figure out thanks to the needs because I'm like well yeah, you go bad back but actually <laughs> it's about the financial security it actually represents and the fact that you can't go to work and I can relate to that in blah blah blah, blah whatever yes. because yeah. I've had the same thing so I think the wound is just the wound is just the content it's not really it's about the context in a way yes. and I think that's a bit the whole thing the, and I think that's probably the wounded healer 
as a, as chiropractic is what they have to actually, they are burdened really. I'm, I'm, I'm an osteopath and is osteon. Uh, not Caron, it's Osteon. The, the root of pathology is buried in dysfunctions in the musculoskeletal environment, really. Yeah. And, and that, that's why I have to bear. <laughs> I don't know, like, it's, it's yes, and I'm not sure if I answer your question, but. I'm not sure what my question was, really. <laughs> that's it, that's it, that's it. But, but it's, it's. I, I, I think I'm a therapist because I would like not to be wounded very. I'd like to be able to heal from my wounds a bit faster right. and, and um, in order to suffer less. Uh, I think with my rational mind and, and certain framework, it will enable me to actually overcome some of the hurt that out there awaiting me in a way. Yeah. And, 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 and the, yeah, I think that's a bit mm, why would I want to be a therapist in a way that's yeah, yeah. the whole yeah. part and I'm, I'm not deluded that there are pain out there that are not you're not able to heal from and and some of the wounds stay open and full of salt and, <laughs> and, and <laughs> shrapnel forever but it, it it's part and parcel of being human really so that suffering is what it's on about. That's the, that's the dopamine. That's the motivational thing in a way, really. Um, and you saying you've, you've had quite an easy ride uh, according to who? Some, <laughs> see, I mean, really, because that's. Well, that's according really... to some of the people I see. <laughs> yeah, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. That's it. And, and I oh. see suffering hugely. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm, I'm motivated to, to do something about it if mm -hmm. I can. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I feel sometimes challenged by an assumption that unless you're wounded you can't be a healer mm -hmm. but maybe maybe you've always been motivated to do something about suffering and you've been motivated to do that early on uh, early signs of suffering in your own in your own life early signs of a wound in yourself and now you're very good at not, at not being wounded and, and you heal really fast and therefore you... Well, maybe. I don't know. Like I, I, there's a difference between wound and suffering, isn't but, there? You mm. can be wounded without suffering. You know, that you, if you're in the present, like the animal you were talking about earlier on, you know the animal might be wounded, but it doesn't really suffer. Mm -hmm. I mean, it might be in pain, but it, it is in pain. Oh, yes, I said, I said, okay, 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 suffering in that uh, definition. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, life is suffering. Full stop. And it's not fair. Full stop. And there's a few paradigms. But, 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 but life isn't suffering. Life is glorious. Life is pleasure. Uh, yeah, but yeah, but pleasure is uh, the absence of suffering. <laughs> And that's, that's, that's the, the, that's the switch. That's the switch yeah. Okay. It's contrast. It's contrast. Yeah, yeah, it's a contrast yeah. between the two, really. Yeah. And and I guess people who've suffered the most are the one who possibly could be the most joyful, potentially, right. yeah. because they're able to actually weigh the more the standard deviation between the two grows. The, so this the more the, the more the more you spend the more time you spend in the dark, the more you appreciate the light. Well, that's mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Or the more you are in the light, the more you uh, enjoy being in the dark as well, or enjoy or or experience being in the dark as well. I don't or, know. Or maybe you just both. The, you're always in the light and you really really enjoy it. <laughs> that's it. That's another without in the dark. But I think with maybe the maybe the word wound isn't. Maybe, maybe that's not quite the right word. Like potentially, wherever 
that dude, whatever that name is. Chiron. Chiron. He's a satellite of a Pluto. Maybe the the word wound might have meant something different. But the, what what I was thinking is like, especially from a mental aspect or the way I kind of view it, again, with the needs and having like a balanced life, like maybe with those needs, you had techniques from a young age or something that you were able to kind of keep those, your your view on how much you need how how much you needed them fulfilled quite in check throughout your life and this like this like balance ba- yeah uh, yeah balance and this like period of four months where you were quite depressed you were that was like a bit of a knock but then you're able to i don't know you're really motivated to act on that and, and get it better yeah. but yeah. and so and because I, I think with a lot of the stuff we're talking about with pain and chronic pain and then autoimmune issues and the same with like massive periods of depression for like years I think that's just ending up being in a vicious cycle which I think is really easy to do Mm. and I think having some almost like some mental muscles or strategies from a young age of like um, like uh, just acting on things and getting things done without actually knowing that those expectations you have you're fulfilling them and then that's helping you mm. come out of that state rather than just mm. not acting on them because you're having a wobbly day and maybe yeah. maybe your parents have taught you to like always just like like do your best do your best, best. Like <laughs> always do your best yeah yeah or, so, or I don't know. always work before play or you've got a half full glass yeah. or half yeah. empty one and for some of us I think the 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 journey ahead of us looks much steeper than others. It's a bit more of well, a model. Really. I always like that saying that says everything that you really want, everything that's good for you, lies downstream. None of it is upstream. upstream. Yeah, don't row upstream. <laughs> let go of the oars and float downstream. Float down that's where all the good stuff is. <laughs> all, all the old hippie at heart, you see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, no, I guess it's all water. I, I deal with water. I deal with 70% water day in, day out. So is it a lake-fed river or a river-fed lake? Is it a lake-fed river or a river-fed lake? Uh, you go downstream to... <laughs> I'm not... Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going upstream on the edge of the of the bank because it's where there's the least resistance of the current. Yes. And... and yeah, so maybe there's a bit of a tang of suffering in uh, what I try to to do in a way, but it's maybe potential as well. Uh, Rumi is really good with that. He's, he talks about having your potential being a little thimble, and then you <laughs> spit in it, and it's full. <laughs> right. In a way, and then it's not. So you've got very small potential, but you manage to fulfill it really easily. And it's actually, there's yeah. not too much heartache and not too much difficulty doing it. Yeah. And yeah. or your potential is like a bottomless uh, well. <laughs> and therefore... You'll never fill it up. You'll never <laughs> fill it in your life. You can, uh, and put the, like, I don't know, swimming pools in it, really. And it's not going to really yeah. even touch the bottom, really. So yeah. all those things. And that, that maybe uh, is a bit that wounded type uh, thing, really. Ah, I'll, I'll look into that because I, I didn't know chiropr- chiropractors are an interesting. Uh, they are <laughs> even more interesting than osteopath now. From, from that, from, I thought we were really interesting in a way and quite different in our approach, our mercantile way and, and therapeutical way of looking at it, really. But if it's uh, trying to really... Uh, the metaphorical stuff is about a wounded healer, I think it's oh, amazing. I find it... 
This is where you find that they picked it on accident or something, or because it was a picture above their nan's <laughs> fireplace. Or something. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> oh, well, the McTimony are a branch of uh, chiropractic as well, so they are a bit. It's a bit of a different than the whole structural chiropractic uh, part, basically. When which actually was not 1875. Didi Palmer. Palmer and Palmer and Andrew Taylor still are meant to not have never met but it's actually coming from a quite a similar background in a way and that American that whole protestant way that whole medicalized type thing the whole healing we talk about maybe having been in contact with local uh, Indians in a way where yeah. a bit of a different way of actually up the arty the art part of it yeah. and you know like that structure governing function and the rule of the artery being supreme and, and treating the body as a unit as our three yes. three core things it's well like human given being in the whole lot yeah. again really yeah. that polyvagal theory being in the whole lot is the rule of the artery the fluid the 70% fluid the hydraulic effect the whole thing mm. but you've got like that strange interaction with people and that art behind it really and the whole manual aspect mm. of it really and how that touch part of thing is really a bit that healing thing really not that sci- it's not a science really it's really yeah, quite yeah. and it's the profession by being regulated is really pushing that away yes. and, and it's, it's, it's almost his best asset to mm. be able to play on those two things well, it's and a be bit, a bit, in ba- it's a bit like in therapy that, you know when, they, when they're testing new medic not in therapy but with, in medical world when mm-hmm. they're testing new drugs they, they want to make sure that it's better than placebo mm-hmm. and I'm kind of thinking why are you ruling out placebo that's the most powerful mechanism that we know, uh, <laughs> you yeah, know we yeah. should be using it that's it, that's we shouldn't it. be trying to rule it out <laughs> and as even better there's nocebo as well yeah so yeah. <laughs> again that's the thing really yeah, uh, yeah. Is those, is those the philosophy behind it and the, that whole caduceus type thing, those snakes uh, interlaced yeah. and uh, Hermes Trigemist and, and all the Hippocratic Oath, all those kind of things really. I will do no harm. Yeah. Well, you can look at medical uh, profession for not very long to find that uh, you're conflicted straight away on the first yeah. sentence of that all the time, really. Yeah. You, you give uh, opiates and you dispense opiates like smarties and you booby trap people straight away. Mm. I will do no harm. You've got persistent pain. It's not acute pain. It's finished. You cannot prescribe opiates to people like that. And you bypass all that endorphin. So you bypass 60 million years of, 70 million years of evolution. Almost really. Of that good way of actually, Mm. uh, that that sequence of things. And it's a very heuristic thing. It's like, oh, the booby trap is not even a booby trap. It's a badger hole, really. You fall in. (laughs) You're kicking them down there. It's not like, in the very way that you are setting them up to say like this is going to take care of all your problems Mm -hmm. that just the very fact that you've done that Mm -hmm. as well as giving them something that is also detrimental to them is just like yeah and just kicking them off the edge of a cliff, really. Mm-hmm. And the motivation behind it, and the trust that is imparted from the status, and from the mm. whole psychodrama, and, and the whole acting, and the whole... It's like a theater. You go into the, the doctor, it's a theater. You're already in an altered state of consciousness. Straight away, because, bing, bush, douche. You're like... Dzz, 
your remote control, really, in a way, really. And the doctor is yeah. a bit remote control. Yeah. I am remote control when I'm in my room, and I try to get rid of as much status, as much uh, security, and as much uh, uh, control uh, uh, away from me, and I try to give it to my patients, really. Yes. And uh, uh, go on your back, and people are on their front, really, and you're like, straight away, you know they're completely hypnotized, really. And then, that's it, that's it. And, that's it, that's it, that's it. That's it. That's straight away, it's like, alter state of consciousness, bang, like that, and and you have to trade so carefully there yes. because because you you've got such an influenceable mechanism there like yes. whatever you're gonna say is gonna be taken not for gospel but it's you know like it's it's yes. the the responsibility you have and the, the duty of care that is there really and the person goes on their back when you ask them to go on their front straight away you, that's it you have to be the control the whole bing 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 you have to be like very 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 cautious because yes. whatever you're going to say is going to be distorted or ma badly understood or whatever it's quite yeah, yeah. you can manipulate we talk about spinal manipulation really <laughs> <laughs> uh, adjustment or oh, I'm not too sure are we I don't know it's quite there's so much uh, nominalization into yeah. what we say how we do it and thing and people like uh, people I and it's human. weird because you need that you need that authority sometimes to be able to help mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it's it comes it, with a trade-off yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You want to get rid of it as well, you want, yeah. if you want to connect. That's it, that's it. So I don't wear a uniform as such. There's no desk in my room. I tend to sit on a ball and I put them on a bit on a high position and try to have a, right. as low a position as possible in order to really... There's an electric blanket. I don't ask people to undress. Right. All those kind of stuff. It's all... All okay. the, the, the scenery and the, and the whole theater are put in place is about their control. They, are, they, right. they need to be as safe as possible and yes. feel as safe as possible. Yeah. And I need to give them as much status as possible if I can, really. But that, in a that's way, because kind of I'm going to need their attention yeah. in a way. And yeah. I need to pay attention to them. So that's the whole. That's interesting because I'd, I've never thought of trying to set up any imbalance in status. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I know that just due to the role that I'm playing, there's an implied hierarchy, there's an implied status. Mm -hmm. But I try to meet my clients on the level, mm -hmm. and it hadn't occurred to me that maybe being mm -hmm. setting them higher might, mm -hmm. might help, or might at least counterbalance some of that. But, but surely that depends on their own... Their, their own Ah, yeah. view of their own status and control. I know, because I'm choosing actually my clients. I am very aware I'm choosing my clients and clients who want me to be the figure of authority are not going to come back to me because I am portraying anything but authority. Right. You and are or you are I am not portraying anything as authoritative. So you turn uh, people away who you no, no, suspect? No, I don't turn anybody no. away. No, okay. But people turn themselves away. If, <laughs> if, if, if people want somebody authoritative yeah, and they somebody come, they don't, status they don't resonate. And, and they want me to deal with their... Because that's the thing. You go to the doctor and it's, it's his problem straight away. Yeah. I don't want the problem. It's not my problem. Oh, unless they want to have my problem to deal with. And I'm, and I'm <laughs> very happy to, to oblige, really. But I'm not too sure the trade-off is going to be in their favor. Really. Okay. And I'm not too sure whether they're skilled enough to help me as well. Anyway, regardless of that, I try to really 
it's a selective thing it's a, it's a non-verbal selective yeah, thing yeah. and a marin who left uh, in, in March and the patients have seen from him uh, a lot have not come back right right I am not marin I am not dealing no. with them and I'm not handling them exactly at all like him really and, and the client who marin would have for me uh, didn't really it didn't really wear a gel really because the position I'm they expected myself, something different exactly yeah. that's it that's yeah. it that's it and the implicit yeah. thing and I think it's quite but, there is a lot <laughs> of that because it's very it's a medicalized thing and uh, people, I hear people calling me doctor all those kind of things mm -hmm. and then there's no desk there's no thing <laughs> why how did you picture that I was a doctor really? <laughs> where chiropractors call themselves doctors yeah, which is yeah. very peculiar because they don't have a PhD and they're not medically trained no. and, and, and they're still allowed Yes. To actually call themselves doctor, doctor of chiropractic, yeah. a doctor in chiropractic, yeah. which is actually ludicrous to actually call yourself like that without a PhD, or or actually, yeah. or, and why would you want to do that if it's not for the status? For the state, yeah. In, in yeah. a way, and the status helps you to control people, possibly really. And if you do an X-ray to people, so and, and no qual of chiropractor do that. They mm. do standing, they do an X-ray, they show you an X-ray of a horse or something like that. You got no idea, you're completely blind anyway, and they sell you the whole lot really. When actually uh, taking two X-rays maybe would be a bit better because you could tell between the functional scoliosis mm. or the structural one mm. or both. <laughs> So if you lie people and you take an x-ray and you stand people, you take an x-ray, you see the difference between the two. But obviously, the chiropractor looks at the structure. Yeah. And I look at the structure and the function. So I'm very interested in having two x-rays yeah. in a way, yeah. really. But, but, do, but do, nothing like that. Yeah. With, the, with the like therapy thing and setting the scene as I see it, that's why I kind of think all of the, or the majority of the human givens our emotional needs are quite interesting to think about I know they say with attention it's about giving and receiving and I think that's quite an obvious one but I think as a therapist or someone who's trying to help someone or even if you're like setting a, up a dinner party or something I think it's quite interesting to know how your level of status and your level of control is impacting the environment around you and I, that's why I kind of feel like this isn't the right way to word it, I know, but it's almost like a two-way street on all on all of them because, like, some some of my friends go around to loads of different loads of different types of events and do games, and the way that they dress is very like grandiose, but also ridiculous and really playful. And but they and the way that they are and the way that they walk and they compare and whatever else is like is very like high status almost, but it's not about them it's, it's about these th these other people and when they get involved they're pl plucking people out of the crowd and getting them involved in a game and immediately you see these people like go from being like quite closed off and I've done it where I've not wanted to be involved to immediately like part of the thing and playing a role and it's they're not like bringing their status or anything down they've they, they're, they're raising we, others up we already mm -hmm. come knowing that they're in complete control because mm -hmm. they're they're running the game mm -hmm. but then they're raising levels le levels of everything and different people right. up and that's why I find like play as a as a as a thing is like really mm -hmm. really interesting yeah play therapy interesting like, yeah. Yeah. yeah and and that's kind of how I see like as a therapist you've got to try and it's not just, I, I don't think it's just about getting it right just for one person though I think it's about understanding what different people need like if you say to a patient 
lie on your back and they lie on your front you know immediately now I need to be slightly different to Mm -hmm. how I would be maybe with someone else Mm -hmm. where by the end of the conversation we're going to be talking about their mum and their their girlfriend Mm -hmm. and all all these other parts of their life Mm -hmm. with that patient you're probably not going to go maybe that far into that level of thinking maybe Mm, I don't don't know know. how far they want to go but it's going to be more uh, I am a bit more cautious makes you more careful about careful, your language cautious, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. and my actions and the yeah. way I go about and maybe I'll take I'll start the treatment from their arm rather than from their tailbone or yeah. things like that a bit because I don't know it's, just, it's a feel you get out of things yeah. really but I like to give as much control as much security and as much status to my patients as possible yeah. in a way because yeah. it bizarrely it's not a game it's therapy in a way and and, and there's a trust part of things and and giving people a modesty gown is really playing an interesting game yes yes okay what do you mean by oh right right modesty gown is like you put something but you can't really close it in the back in a Mm -hmm. way and the first thing you ask people is to go on their front (laughs) okay and they are butt naked up and they are very (laughs) exposed and even I give you something to pretend that I, I want you to be actually uh, uh, safe in my environment when actually what I'm doing is actually making you even yes. less safe. Yes. And that, that's really difficult. Uh, I've got patients undressing very happily, but I never suggest to people to undress. Right. They come, yeah. they get, yeah. to, to get rid of that. I'm like, well, if you want. Yeah. doesn't affect me I'm not treating I'm not treating your shirt or, or your pants I'm treating you <laughs> that's it really that's a bit the same really and because and, yeah. and, there's that as well and I guess in mental health and setup you're having with talking therapy you, you don't have that level of no of, we don't of, have that problem to deal with at all so yeah. my Adam and Eve and the wool getting dressed and yeah. things like that is quite but I think there is an equivalent and that that is and it comes down to the trust thing is that sometimes people come to therapy but they don't actually talk about the thing that they really need to be talking about about and you don't always know you know you you do your best to try and build trust and build rapport and so that Mm -hmm. they feel safe enough to open up and tell you but Um, but but sometimes you can have you know half a dozen sessions and then it's on the last session that Somebody says, oh, I never really talked to you about this, but it's now I feel confident enough to, t- to tell you. Yeah, like, oh, my it. God, he didn't feel safe. Is that it? Or, yeah, or, but maybe they didn't, maybe they didn't realise or didn't know. Yeah, well, there's a million reasons why, but mm-hmm. it's always a shock. To yeah. <laughs> and, and it's uh, that the whole thing about really holding people in a certain place, patients who come every month for years and saying, I am very non-suggestive. I do not ask them to do whatever. I try to understand a bit what they are going about, what they are trying to do, and things like that. And people are, it's, when it's not moving, really. Oh, you've not mm. given me any stretches. Mm. Mm. You've not exercised for 25 years. <laughs> and, you, and you're obviously not doing any, ex- you've never stretched. We've never talked about stretching. In a way, it's really quite a peculiar thing. So mm. you need to really hold people in that space in order for them to actually do the therapy a little bit, really, in mm. a way. Mm. And you need to try to fast, be actively passive and passively active, in a way. And, 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 and I think it's the game. I can see the game. And I've got a cousin who's very theatrical. She, she's a playwriter and an actress. And she really uses her body. And, mm. and the whole thing is quite exuberant a little bit, really. And it's actually quite an interesting play. And... Uh, 
but when people suffer the I try to use humor a little bit when, when I can, really. But mm. he, this part of uh, suffering that is not really it's not funny, funny. <laughs> at all, really, you know? Yeah. And, and, and we hope to... I was thinking about that. I was lo looking at uh, Nietzsche and the Nazis from uh, Stephen Hicks, who's, like, how they've really interpreted a bit his saying. And, like that. and there was a, 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 a picture of uh, Auschwitz where it's like work will set you free really <laughs> the play the whole lot the whole sign behind it and how is it you have to be how twisted you have to be to do mm. how is it you make fun of something like that in a way mm. and, and I think suffering and pain and all that part of thing you have to be quite cautious where you trade in a way and, yeah. And, yeah. and it can be as as bad and as twisted and as dark as that really and some people come and they don't really want to get better and you can tell straight away but they've got secondary gain from coming to you because yeah. you can yeah. say they've been and therefore nobody has helped me and you, you can yeah. play even more well the victim and all yeah. those kind of stuff so if you start to have a bit too much status having a low position helps me to manage a, a greater proportion of of secondary gain from yeah, people a little yeah. bit and it's a bit of a defensive type thing but it's actually quite conducive mm. to helping people to open up a bit and it's and interesting when you get a client whose main purpose is to prove that you're wrong yes that's <laughs> it, it, that's it, that's it does it. happen doesn't it I've, I've got loads of them yeah. loads of them and it's really it's really interesting to not get sucked into because you've got a rational yeah you mind. want to rise want, to the and, challenge and, and you're there <laughs> yeah. to what you think is trying to solve a problem And therefore, people who put you an impossible problem in front of you, it's quite difficult to not fall into, into their trap, really. Mm. And, and, and at times, you have, to be, you have to really wait a little bit and, and collate enough things yeah. in order to be able to put a very simple... Yeah. very simple thing oh yeah I'm gonna wait till Christmas to, to start my diet and thing like that and saying I'm like oh well great well what about next year for Christmas then so it's like this year for Christmas is no diet before but what about next year because it'll be Christmas next year again really so <laughs> how, how are we gonna go about doing that really well uh, oh yeah well I love Lord and anyway yeah. mm. plenty of mm. examples it's very mm. awesome to deal with the very complex and very complicated structure in front of you which is which their mode of reality and their sensory uh, apparatus is already a bit warped in a way mm. and their attention mm. is really focused on the whole part and how is it you uh, I treated somebody the other day intentionally on the wrong side I treated, I treated their wrong leg yeah okay and the next time At the end of the treatment, it was like, he did, he, I could see he's quite agreeable. He didn't really want to argue with the whole lot, really. The next time he came, he's like, oh, I've had a, you know what? I had such a long history of uh, ankle problem on my left uh, side, and it's much better. It's almost insinuating, okay, now you've solved the problem on the left side, deal with the, <laughs> the, the bad side. <laughs> now, really, it's on my right, okay? That thing, really. But he was, he's quite, he's so agreeable about the whole thing. It's quite, it's super, it's really, really interesting the way you, you get about doing things like that. But because you got quite a low position, he was not really holding a grudge on me. He, yeah. he, get, he got something else out of the sessions and me treating his leg, really. 
in a way, and I think that's, that's where it becomes really <laughs> complicated. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and quite playful. As well. And playful, that's yes. it, that's it. And then because yeah. you have to be a bit playful. Well, it's, it's, diff- it's different people, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Every single time you do therapy on someone, mm-hmm. it is ever so slightly different from mm-hmm. well it's always different and I guess maybe people if I don't have any status and security and give them really uh, electric blanket oh oh you got electric blanket mm. it's like well yeah I'm thinking about you that's it really mm. <gasps> that's it really bing push <laughs> bing that's it it's done that's, you've done already quite a, bi- a mm. big part mm. of the whole part really uh, of I don't know it's I'm, I'm quite playful. I'm, I'm enthusiastic. I'm quite positive. I'm quite not exuberant, but I'm quite. I, want, uh, I think we ought to laugh out loud a little bit because there's so many things that, as, as you said, you've had a, maybe quite an easy ride, really. And there are so many things you cannot really laugh about, really. And yeah. most of us in the Western world have not really had to deal with that in, yeah. in a way, yeah. really. Like you've not. Not you've not eaten a piece of bread, not knowing when was the next time no. you're going to eat, really. Yeah. No. No. And and ooh, that's mm, ooh, that's a different proposition altogether. Yeah. 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 And, ooh, and it's anyway. I guess we can go on and on and talk about all that for a long time. But it's is that position. How do you position yourself in the position of authority of of knowledge and. Uh, and I tell patients that they know, they, you know better. Right, yeah. You know better how it feels to experience the whole thing, really. And, oh, you've not told me what was wrong with me. No, but we've talked about how it was affecting your life, and that's what matters most. Yes, yes. Let's not maybe label the whole, the whole Rogerian way. I think the diagnoses are toxic. It's toxic. It's interesting. I've, I've had people who have maybe come to me struggling with depression and I ask them always at the start is um, what do you want what, what what do you want to get from coming to see me and I'm amazed at how often they say I just want to understand why I'm depressed I'm thinking how's that going to help <laughs> so, you know if you'd broken your arm and the doctor, doctor said so look tell me which way did you fall you know where you were sitting on the wall which way was the wind blowing oh right now I can tell you how you broke your arm it, it, don't you want it set <laughs> don't you want the bones mended <laughs> I mean, the body's going to do the healing anyway, but understanding is like the booby prize. It's yeah, like, yeah. what are you going to gain from understanding? It's it? like the, the thing on the, uh, the course on pain, where it's mm-hmm. like, we're talking about itises and not sciatica and mm-hmm. these like, as soon as someone gets... Leg-itis. itis As soon as someone gets, <laughs> yeah. gets a label, they can then go away and be like, cool. Yeah, know what it is. And yeah. that's, that's the issue that I have, and I guess we probably all have with like autism. As soon as someone's labelled with autistic, everyone's like, oh... Has it taken me years to get that that label for my son, and now now I feel like I could go around and be like, "Oh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. He's, he's autistic." Yeah, it's like that, that doesn't really help anyone. It might ease your discomfort a little bit, but it doesn't really help yeah. anyone. Might help you with benefits. Might help you with with, with secondary you know. gain. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because it's all laden with that a bit, and it's but it's difficult because that's the thing a bit about selling the course, really. 
Because that's a bit the, there's a mercantile part of it in a way, yeah. really, to make it well, successful to and to make it worth yeah. our while and our time yeah. and the trade-off about it. We, we do it for the love of it, really, but we do it for, uh, what we can do with the money. But if you can make uh, money can. from it, you can help more people. You can reach more but, people. But, 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 that's can, it, that's it, that's it. Exactly, really. And that's really where the whole, uh, model and I think it's really something to think about. Yeah. Alex, yeah. thank you for, really opening our eyes and helping us focus on something a bit different as well and and looking at it from a bit of a different it'd be interesting to see our trajectories and i actually think that's that that links in really nicely to what you were saying with regards to like the different types like the, the different ways you do therapy or different approaches with different people mm-hmm. because it's like a that's great from like a therapist point of view because not all therapists, you're not going to gel with the ther- therapist on the first time, not all of them anyway. No. And that's down to experience, I guess, but also luck of you understanding the situation nicely. Mm-hmm. And then with the membership and slash community side of things. So that's really interesting because then maybe if the information's like or the membership or whatever is organized well and people are helping each other maybe they'll find someone that's into mountain biking too and then they've got the same issues they fell off and had to give up mountain biking and then well, they found this so then they did this part of the course and that really resonated with them and now they're back on their bike it's the same it's wonder like you the can kind wonder. of find yeah. you can yeah. find the the content that resonates mm-hmm. with you to then go deeper into the context mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i guess that's the same thing with therapy and doing things maybe a bit differently with the thing that a membership offers that therapy doesn't very easily is closing the circle because if your membership is designed around helping people get from there to there from from a start point to an end point and you're going to hold their hand and show them step by step what they need to focus on where they need to pay their attention what habits they need to develop in order to to get to a better place i've lost my thread now i'm mm-hmm. just going if you can do, yes then you get a success story if you can share that success story oh, yeah, yeah. then other people will mm. realize that actually oh i could do that too it mm. might work for me with therapy as it is be, partly because it's a little bit taboo still there's partly because some stigma about it and also because of patient confidentiality it's very difficult for me to get a success story mm. from my clients mm. i can't really i mean i do mm. sometimes it depends on on their issue and, and where they're at personally um but it's difficult to say let's do one of these let's let's do a, an interview mm-hmm. and um share the transformation that you've undergone because mm-hmm. sometimes they don't even want to tell their family that they've been to see you in the first place you know it's quite a private thing but with a membership you get the opportunity to say look actually this is the journey that the people have gone on this is their success you, you share the story you get more business mm-hmm. you, 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 that's how it works is mm-hmm. that you're serving people and it's the act of serving and getting the results that actually allows you to to spread the message to more people, mm. and that you can't close that loop very easily in in, in the therapy in the therapy yeah, yeah. world. I've uh, tried to, uh, and I'm so grateful as well for the people who've spent a little bit of time to actually do Google reviews, um, and a vast, I think possibly hundreds of yeah. of, of my patients. 
to actually whether they would like doing a bit of a Google review to actually get how that, many that social proofing. How and, many people and take it up? There's 30%. Which actually, which actually is That's quite, good. Quite, quite a lot yeah. in a way, really. Um, but nonetheless, this, it's... It's quite a difficult thing, and yes. I think there's lots of resistance to from people to actually um, talk about. And it's diffi- there's no uh, framework about how to do the no. thing at all. And then you get all sorts of uh, one line, or you got like <laughs> you get people pages. writing things. That, well, that's not going to help anybody. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. But, but it's nonetheless, it's it's people who really who rate a little bit the experience they've had yeah. with you, really. And and I think that's and I see a lot of people who come with Google search engine who really talk about having seen some of the reviews right. really and oh, okay. that actually make their mind up about uh, oh, and the variety because just on the one review is difficult but because you got if there's 30 reviews you can read maybe yeah. 15 or 10 of them and you get a get bit a of feel a, for it. an idea yeah. a feel for it about the thing really and, and, then, and, and even the negative like that not that you've got any but i do marketing for other companies and some of them have negative reviews and some of them have gone completely nuts especially when it's someone that maybe hasn't even been a customer yeah and uh and i've been like it's it's not even about getting rid of that negative review it's about how we deal with it Mm -hmm. and this is a company that has hundreds and hundreds of reviews and it's like you're you're going to get judged on your percentage which is really really high and then they're going to go in and then they're going to see a one or two star and like a couple of them and then they're going to click them they're going to see if you've replied and see how you've dealt with it right Mm -hmm. and that again is like you know it's a that's quite an interesting um (laughs) it's actually positive it's really positive it's actually more positive than if it was a hundred percent i always like the story that idris shah used to circulate negative reviews of his books because he knew that his content, he was confident about his content, mm. and he realised that actually it would say more about the reviewer than it would say about the book. <laughs> <if> they, <laughs> so he was completely unashamed about sharing any reviews. Any reviews? That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I'm reading the pleasantries from uh, Mula Nazradi oh, yeah. at the moment, and it's really because it's I'm funny. Bit, I'm a bit cheeky, and I, I, I didn't get that book the first time I read it. It just yeah. Mm. What, what did I just read? <laughs> I had to go back and, and study it more depth. Yeah, yeah the good. metaphor in the thing is a bit, a bit. Oh, it's too simplistic, but yeah, quite interesting. Oh, that's good. Thank you, um, Alec, mm. for coming and sharing a bit of uh, it's a pleasure your experience with us and all those different topics because it's awesome to see and to speak to motivated people and to really likewise extraordinary likewise. people as well. I think yeah. it's great. Well, thank, thank you, you for inviting me. I very much enjoyed. No, it. we were like yeah. more than delighted. We should. We should. Definitely I hope there's do some it. useful footage in it. We should yes, do, it, 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 it. do another one. Do another one in like six months time. Four, five, six months time. Yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah. And talk yeah, more about the, your successes or yeah. our or our failures. I kind of <laughs> wanted to talk about the innate cars, to be honest. But um, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's but it. that might actually be quite nice to do in in the new. No, year. don't spoil uh, Alec uh, Little Venture otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, no, ha- I'm happy to talk about cars no, any, anytime because we were already thinking about maybe actually mm. using the innate cards in our t- uh, tool set so they'll definitely have to be a link to your membership site right, right, for people right. to really because it's yeah it's what it's on the part if people really want to look at that central modulation and are really interested yeah. who better than the experts really I think we can just introduce the whole thing right. a little bit we'll pass right. it by you of course and if you because we can maybe 
get a little bit of a perk you'll make even less money out of your cards really no no it's <laughs> money yeah we need to make money but it's not the main motivation yeah that's it that's it, that's it. Well, I mean if, if you're if you're doing the membership thing on, on the back of it to understand them and really make that tool super valuable to people yeah then it's yeah. like obviously that side of things mm-hmm, you can yeah. get involved with that's it that's it that's but, it yeah I think it's a nice idea for us because we use different tools obviously and for us to be like these are the, these are some things that we think you should mm. uh, sort invest of in, into invest into interact with and you can or you can try something else mm. if you want but, to buy your tens machine nowadays yeah. uh, like in boots it's like nine quid uh, are they that cheap oh yeah, yeah, yeah. nowadays oh, wow. it's like super easy really gosh a proper one would be they 20, used to hire 25. them out didn't they that's it that's it that's, yeah. it, that's it you'd have to get a van coming to your house and <laughs> a power generator tell me one stuff. thing I wanted to ask you you yeah. mentioned heart rate variability yes 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 um, is it heart math that you use or have you got what system do you use have you got a system for well measuring? no not quite yet I think we've we, we've been sending emails to people and to companies to get a bit of feedback ah. about the whole lot and I think uh, you've received one not not yet not just yet um, okay. one called fatigue science is going to send one uh, they've got like an old, old stock of an old one okay. um, that's not waterproof so they're going to uh-huh. send it for a couple of months and then in December if I like it I'm going to purchase it. it but I mean it's super cheap and, and this, this what's, one what's super cheap? well this this monitor is like a it's like a wrist wrist um, wrist strap or it's actually a watch as well uh, like many of them are and it tracks lots to do with sleep and heart rate variability and it's it looks pretty it looks pretty good this this in particular because I a good number of years probably 10 years ago I had a a system that was um, it had three clips that put on your fingers Uh so it uh measured heart rate variability but also skin transconductance so Mm -hmm. it was like a lie detector thing Mm -hmm. really and it came Mm -hmm. with a game it was a weird thing it was called Journey to the Wild Divine it was a bit of a sort of a hippie game thing Uh but what I did is I used to I Played the game, but I saved key exercises. Sometimes you had to raise your energy. Sometimes you had to chill exactly. yourself out um, to get through to the next level. But I would save the game at the key points, and then I would use it with clients um, to to for them to get direct feedback Back. about uh-huh. their effectiveness of seven eleven breathing and things like that. It. But it's out of date now, and it doesn't run. You know, the USB module is doesn't, yeah. it's not compatible. Things change. So I want to get a new system, and I tried mm-hmm. the HeartMath system, mm-hmm. and I wasn't completely in love with that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just interested to know what mm-hmm. you, if you've yeah, done. Yeah, well, research. I guess for direct feedback in the therapy room is a bit of a different setup because in a way for us it's really once you've got your uh, your uh, daily routine and you go after a few weeks, you can really go back and visually assess the whole the slight right. changes and the changes yeah. in your variability in your heart rate a little bit to to get some direct to get some feedback yeah but maybe a bit of a longer uh, lasting and then your sleep your uh, slow wave and your uh, dream part and how much and it, it measures changes. that as well does it yes that's it that's it, that's it ah, with okay. your activity yeah. and our, so i definitely want to like, connect with you and find out more about that yeah well i think useful. um i think with all of this stuff i need to start um including the podcast and stuff i want to write blog blog posts about them so that you know it's nice to link to you and what you're doing uh, as well as having some clips yeah. on the video or the whole thing and i want to write something about because i've reached out to maybe six or seven different companies and that will kind of link into some information to do with the course because the majority of the um 
HR, the heart rate variability monitors and sleep tr- sleep trackers. There's so many that do both now and the vast majority of them are, are the same. The only reason I was swaying towards fatigue science as a thing was because A, I've never heard of it and B, Alexi found it and liked some of the initial stats right. and things. And they've used it for uh, uh, what the uh, cross rail they've used it into big projects yeah, in, in to, high to, look risk fatigue, environments. to look at fatigue yeah. of uh, oh, workers wow. yeah. to be able to assess the, uh, maybe danger to their life and to life of others in really quite a peculiar uh, tunneling and all those kind of things wow. you don't want yeah. so they wanted to really have a bit of a feedback to people's amount of so stress they knew what the stress levels and, and, and maybe give them if the whole person was expressing a need to actually have a bit of time off uh, in light of the whole thing be like oh yeah actually you, right. it might be actually interesting advice to do the whole thing yeah. you might, it might be better to choose a different pick a different uh, employee to stay on late and so do it next time and, and, it, and the people who started it and are managing it and following its growth uh, a lot of them are um, military based right. and have been doing that kind of thing within the military for a long period of time and then the, the final thing for me well actually the final two things was A it's really reasonably priced unbelievably reasonably priced it's like It's a, I think it's £115 for the unit and then a 12-month subscription. They haven't got back to me on like how much a renewal is after that. But even that price is is less than most of the, yeah. the um, competitors because of the analytics. And it uses um, an analytics um, framework, I guess, called HEAP. And HEAP is... It like takes lots of information and then gives it out in in a really really nice like user friendly way, and on top of that, you can download the raw data so right. into an Excel sheet. And if you want to do your own thing with it, yeah, yeah. you can do that. So for me, they've thought about everything apart from how waterproof it is. They said in in showers, it's it doesn't it's not very good, right. which is why they've actually stopped selling it you oh, can't, yeah, you can't buy yeah. it yeah. and and the new They're one coming is coming out, out in December yeah. when I when I started using my system I I discovered that my own practice of 7-Eleven breathing didn't take me as low as, as low as quickly as, as it thought. could mm. and using the biofeedback mm. I was able to train and figure out what to do in yeah. here in order to make it more effective. And it made a really radical difference on my ability to, to stimulate my parasympathetic nervous system quickly. Um, I would never have got there without the biofeedback. I thought I was doing it effectively, but actually the measurements were telling me it's, it's not quite hitting it. But, but eventually I was able to nail it and actually get it down really, really quickly. And that was, that was a valuable learning experience. But I'd, I would love to have biofeedback again and the technology has moved on a lot Look, since I did I think wearables are really really useful and I'm I'm a little bit apprehensive about it because I feel like I'm going to find out that I'm not as like that I'm going <laughs> to have chilled like, high, as you want to be. <laughs> high heart rates during times yeah. but and I need to do something about it but that's that's kind of why it's going to be great because yeah. <laughs> it's like live monitoring and then then you're like oh during that situation I'm I'm getting like You know, I'm getting really aroused and need to do something about it to bring myself down. Yeah. And maybe that, you know, at work, maybe mm-hmm. that means go for a walk, do some breathing and come back mm-hmm. or whatever. But well, they talk yeah. about cold shower as well. They talk yeah. about 
part of the diet, they talk about sleep, they talk about mm -hmm. uh, interval exercising, and they talk about breathing exercises to actually influence your uh, heart rate variability. Yeah. So there's different tools and things like that you can yeah. really yeah. look into a little bit, really to solidify a bit that parasympathetic and stimulate fatigue science. Fatigue yeah, science. Fatigue yeah, science. Yeah, science. Yeah, really, really, Thanks. really interesting because they've applied it and they applied it for the right reason. And I thought it was like really an awesome for yeah. the workforce in a quiet, um, time constrained and, yeah, yeah. and really where well, we know about the uh, cross rail <laughs> and how much sticks they got to <laughs> from the wall lot. But there's not been too many dead people on the wall lot, really. Imagine because <laughs> on top of being out of budget and uh, the wall lot and late and things like that, if they had like a pile of corpse. <laughs> Like well, it, like, well they came across the corpses, but they were already there. <laughs> that's it, that's it. Oh, well, yes, that's it, that's it. In different places, very interesting archaeological things, yeah. really, no doubt. No, no, art variability, the whole um, uh, three-var um, cortisol test, really. And yeah. I think that's really a couple of the, really the tools right. we want to try to promote for people to get feedback and for people to be able to track the effect of the our course yeah, yeah. Things, and I think we wanted a bit of infographic and the whole card your innate cards are really yeah. really and with maybe some of the tutorial I don't know like you could maybe do one of our tutorial part to introduce yeah. it a bit better for people with physical pain maybe a little bit yeah, with a tongue like yeah. that and then maybe that's an, an alleyway for people to, to go mem yeah. on your mem membership really. that's I'm after way. tonight I'm certainly going to be thinking more about people's physical health mm -hmm. as well because I've not really I've not opened my mind to the possibilities of that mm -hmm. before. So that's and it was really the book on polyvagal, and I was like, come on, it's what I work with day in, day out. It's, come on, it must be. And because Porges' uh, book is really, I mean, it's, I've not even touched 10% of the whole thing, really. I've just glanced on the, mm. on the whole principle and the whole anatomical It's thing. a Deb Dana book that, that, that mm. I prefer, in a way. She makes it so practical. Practical, that's it, that's it, that's it, the it, practical. That's, and I was not maybe as interested in uh, uh, the mental health practical, yeah. practicability. I was more interested in the manual and, yeah, thing because yeah, 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 I yeah. want to influence it in yeah. that fashion because that's my yeah, sure. expertise, yeah. in a way, really. And, yeah. Uh, finding and then by actually looking at the whole lot bang I came across a, a, he just wrote the book like last year yeah. so it's really quite and, and I've not found any other thing out there and it's from I mean it's the foreword from a couple of the guys I follow in osteopathy and I don't know mm. too many people and the whole stuff and they've made the foreword about the stuff it's it's excellent excellent quality and uh, there's loads of technique and loads of practical things right. from a physical from a physical part of, uh, yeah, part yeah. of you really yeah. which are yeah anyway so what's the book called um, it's in French so it's about it's about like the polyvagal theory and osteopathy it's quite interesting I, I think I've got the I think I could maybe find the whole thing just here in five seconds and say it in French for you <laughs> which might not mean too much to you. But oh, I'm fluent in French. Fluent? Good. Yeah. My mum was a French teacher. <laughs> I don't speak French. Gallery. Languages do not stick in my mind, including English. I was pretty good at Fortran, basic, C++. Fortran, what's, what's that? That's a coding link. Yeah. No, is it? Yeah. yeah For, Fortran, one. why do I know Fortran? It's back in the 70s. I know, I just got the whole polyvagal, the from transformative power of feeling safe. And there was just the interesting thing about 
the guardian, the fear, the doubt, and orgueil is a pride. So is is a is model of doing the wall thing and organizing the wall thing is quite interesting um, uh, way. What was the, what was the author? Uh, well, there's that French author, that French oh, osteopath. Okay. Type oh. thing. I don't think it's even translated in English oh, okay. at oh, all. Sorry. So that was the whole, <laughs> the whole thing. So that's it's, not work, that's yeah. a bit the problem about the thing, really. Yeah. And, and, but because it was that those two ways, is that, con- that um, bi-directional feedback from yeah. the body to the mind and the mind to the body. And I think it was really quite interesting. From, and yeah. I, when I came out of your, uh, uh, your practice, I was like, <laughs> I put the wall on and I, I read most of the wall first part and not maybe the practical because I was yeah. like, come on, there must be some things I can really use in, fast, in, fast, in, fast. In, my, in my own practice. <laughs> really. No, no, no. And, and read it maybe in a different language was quite an interesting thing and, yeah. and seeing it yeah. from a, is, it's actually he talks about the central modulation part of it as well mm, the mm. whole thing and I'm pretty sure they were talking about the physical effect it has on people from a mm. anxiety point of view and the experiential thing people yeah. are having from it really from the Vegas di- yeah. uh, uh, dysfunctions really so oh. it's good stuff good stuff good stuff <laughs> There's too much to talk about in one go. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm very upset now. <laughs> <laughs> Should we call it that? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Oui, oui. It's too late otherwise. I'm, uh...